0: Buildings entirely crushed and
1: crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I I really need to leave. So the
0: fences informed me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin. I I see some people running now. In the opinion of this reporter, if this nation or in fact the world ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. <laughs>
2: To another exciting episode of the Fire and Water Podcast, the official podcast of AquamanShrine.net and FirestormFan.com. I'm one of your hosts, the Mobile Shag from Firestorm Fan. Along with me, as always, is my co-host, the Lassoing Rob Kelly from Aquaman Shrine. How you doing, buddy?
1: Hello. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I was just finishing watching the Star Wars trailer. I'll be done in just one second. Well, then we're gonna do the show. Hold on. Two minutes, actually. Then, on it. Well, I'm in the middle of it. There, okay. Okay. There's a thing. Oh, we're home. Over Come jump. on. I'll good, okay. Great. Okay. All right. Yes, sir, I'm ready. All right. Let's go. Good. Yeah. Is that, is that your first time watching it? <laughs> yeah. uh, first time this minute, yes.
2: <laughs> yes, folks. The Star Wars second trailer dropped today. Oh, my gosh. And I think the people most affected are the poor folks who do at Kung Fury, who released their David Hasselhoff rock video today. I feel so bad for those guys of all days to, to drop their amazing, amazing eighties ball- power ballad to us today. Well Zack
1: so Snyder got skunked a little too. I don't think he intended to drop today, did he? Well he yes he did 'cause he he well no, he sent out the first twenty seconds of the trailer on his Twitter feed. Uh. and, you know, about two hours later nobody was talking about it because this other <laughs> thing happened.
2: Is that the piece where you just see, like, the Superman suit and the Batman suit? Yep. Okay, see, I saw that. Okay. Yeah. The teaser for the teaser. Right? (laughs) Well, folks, this week we've got uh, a fun group, a collection of things to talk about. We've curated a a, a mishmash of topics. We're going to talk about Firestorm on The Flash and that spinoff show. We're going to talk a little bit about Justice League news. We're going to have to talk about Star Wars. I mean, we're going to have to. I mean, I think there's like a you know a law. Anybody in our age bracket has to discuss it
1: on a podcast. It was nice of them to drop it before we recorded this. Normally, the way we've been going, this would drop the morning (laughs) after we recorded.
2: That's true. That's true. Uh, And you would think it would drop on a Friday, not a Thursday. So, and then uh, then we're going to do a whole fat stack of listener feedback. So, looking forward to this. But before we do that, folks, we do need to take a second to uh, thank our sponsor, folks. Um, This episode of the Fire & Water Podcast is sponsored in part by InStockTrades.com. InStockTrades is your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to 42% off with free shipping for orders of $50 or more. What you got, Rob?
1: Uh, Apropos of nothing, I'm picking Batman Adventures Mad Love Deluxe Edition Hardcover. Um, I actually have no idea what this is other than <laughs> the main story, which is Mad Love by Bruce Timm and Paul Dini, which is one of the great Batman stories of the last 20 years. Uh, I said, I don't know what this deluxe edition says It comes with exclusive extras and bonus material. I have no idea what any of that is. It doesn't matter because the main story is so damn good. Uh, the normal, the uh, normal price is twenty four ninety nine. 99 It's 144 pages. In-stock trades price is $12.49. That's 50% off. Uh, like I said, Batman, Batman Adventures, Mad Love—one of the great Batman stories ever done, uh, and it was done. It was beautifully done as an anim- as an episode of uh, the animated show too. But it's it's just perfect. It's a perfect Batman story.
2: Isn't that, if I'm remembering right, isn't that Harley Quinn's first in comic book appearance?
1: Uh. I th- well no because she, she was in the, in the animated, cartoon first right, but this is done in the animated style, so I'm not sure whether this counts as continuity or whatever. Yeah, I have no idea. Okay. This features one of my favorite moments of when Batman starts to laugh because hmm. of something Harley Quinn said, and and he she he, she goes, "I've never heard you laugh before. I I don't think I like it." <laughs> Which I just love that idea of Batman having a creepy laugh or something.
2: Does the camera then pan away and he breaks her neck?
1: Uh, huh.
2: Killing joke reference.
1: Oh yeah, let's bring let's not bring that up again. No, this is <laughs> this was just a superb, superb book. Batman Adventures Mad Love. All right. I tried to narrow it down to one pick this week, but I couldn't do it. So I, I gotta pick two. The uh,
2: first one is a book called Top 10 Trade Paperback. This is written by Alan Moore. Yes, that's right. I said Alan Moore. With art by Gene Ha. And it is a really super fun book, guys. This thing collects, by the way, the, the first 12 issues. So it's a big, fat volume. It's 352 pages. You know, if, you, if you're familiar with Gene Ha, incredible amount of detail. This is the perfect kind of book for him. A lot of cityscapes, a lot of detail, you know, detailed, tiny little work. It's, it's basically about a precinct. Um, Precinct 10, in a super fictional town where everybody has powers. And the cops there are – There's one is a genetically uh, engineered perfect woman, a high-tech cowboy, a rookie with a to- toy box full of uh, helpers. And then there's a Doberman who's in charge of the the of the precinct. It's a great book. I fell in love with this thing. It's wonderful. So I highly recommend you check it out. Again, 352 pages, full color, normally goes for 24.99. You can get it 42% off right now. $14.49. You will not regret this book. I promise you. Other one is, you know, with Daredevil just coming out on Netflix. Uh, I, yeah, I think to... I've heard of it. You think you <laughs> You know, I've only watched the first two so far. I haven't got a chance to burn through the rest. I just haven't had time, but I loved it. It was really, really enjoyable. Well, our buddy J. David Weeder uh, does a great podcast called Dave's Daredevil Podcast, and he's currently doing a series of episodes called uh, Daredevil 101, where he covers number one issues of various. Volumes of Daredevil and China talks about the issue and says whether it's a good jumping on point or not for somebody who's a new reader. Well, one of the ones he identified as a great uh, starting point for either a, um, you know, probably someone who's just looking to get into Daredevil is this particular one. It's Daredevil by Mark Wade, Volume 1. This happens to be a hardcover. This is when Mark Wade first took on the book, uh, shortly after, you know, Bendis did his run and then Brubaker and then Diggle. And then, they, you know, Daredevil was in such a dark place. And Mark Wade brought Daredevil back into the light and made it a fun enjoyable superhero comic again so anyway great book um the artist changed throughout but pablo riviera did a lot of it this collects daredevil 1 through 10 10.1 an amazing spider-man issue who cares it's like 12 comics just go get it man it is uh let's see 288 pages it, this is the hardcover normally goes for thirty-four ninety-nine. you can get it 42 percent off right now $20.29 if you like daredevil even remotely You will love this trade paperback, again, uh, or hardcover. Daredevil by Mark Waite hardcover, volume one. So, again, folks, please go over to InStockTrades.com to pick this stuff up. It's your best online store for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions. All right. So, man, so have you seen the three-minute superhero fight club for Flash and Arrow yet? Yes, I did see that. Isn't that awesome?
1: (laughs) Ridiculous amount of fun.
2: It is a ridiculous amount of – you know what it reminds me of is – remember Justice League or Justice League Unlimited when they did the roulette episodes where they had the superhero fight club basically? Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. Reminds me of that quite a bit. I got to tell you, I have watched that more than I've watched the Star Wars trailer. Um, Now, that's maybe because I've had more days to watch it, but I have watched the hell out of that thing. It is so much fun. With uh, you know, the super villains in there and the superheroes, and if you haven't seen it, just Google "Superhero Fight Club," Arrow and Flash. It's out there online, three minutes long. It's not going to appear in the show. You're not going to see it in the Flash or the Green or Arrow show. It was produced just as a commercial to promote the last few episodes of the season. And I mean, they had to spend a ton of money on that. I mean, special effects, the the set, all that. I just was like, wow, it' oh, I love it so. And Firestorm appears. I'm just going to say that, folks. Um, And, and, you know, I could almost say he's the winner, really. (laughs) But anyway, so that's super cool out there right now. Check that out online before the end of the season. Super fun. Now, let's talk a little bit about Firestorm in upcoming episodes of The Flash. If you don't want spoilers, if you are absolutely positively dead set on no spoilers, you probably need to jump forward about five to seven minutes. Okay, guys? I'll give you a second now. Go ahead. You still here? Are you sure? Okay, I'm just telling you. There's spoilers. Okay, you've been warned. Do you think they, Do you think they believe me? I, I yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, we know for a fact that Robbie Amell and Victor Garber are coming back for the end of the season, for the last two episodes of the show. They will appear as Firestorm. There's a big to do where you're going to see Firestorm, um, Arrow, and Flash possibly others, face off against the reverse flash. So, big climactic battle. Firestorm's going to be there. Now, the rumor mill is that something's going to happen to Ronnie Raymond in the story. And here's some corroborating evidence to that. There have been some still photos released. I guess people, you know, snapping pictures on set, whatever. We get, at some point, they're, they have now filmed a scene where we see Robbie Amell and Danielle Pennebaker. You can generally assume it's, it's supposed to be Ronnie Raymond and Caitlin Snow. Getting married. And Professor Stein or Victor Garber is officiating the ceremony. Hmm. Well, nobody's allowed to have a happy ending. So, (laughs) the very fact of Ronnie and her getting married tells me straight up that of course something bad has to happen. Now, it could also just be she's having a dream. And she's dreaming of them getting married. Or maybe it's an alternate timeline where they get married. (laughs) I don't know. But being that Professor Stein is there officiating the wedding... It kind of tells me that mm, this, you know, this isn't an alternate timeline because they wouldn't know Stein in an alternate timeline. You know, they met him because of the Firestorm entity. So anyway, um, so the, you know, it could be that they get married, Firestorm goes off to battle Reverse Flash, and Ronnie Raymond dies. That could be the situation. And the reason why this is such a big deal is is what we're going to talk about next with spin spinoff show. But Robbie Amell does not appear to be coming back to play Firestorm in any time soon. So. I hope he doesn't die. I hope this is all a ruse by the directors or something, and Robbie Mel will come along. But I, am starting to think more and more we're not going to see Robbie Mel after the season finale anymore. Hmm. I think he's off to bigger and better things. At least he thinks he is. So that would be a real shame because I, I like him as Ronnie Raymond. Um, so what else can we tell you? Uh, are you current? Are you, are you current on the show?
1: Uh, I haven't seen the newest one with all the with Ray Palmer. Oh, the Adam.
2: Okay. Well, I've got some speculation, which has nothing to do with that episode. I think um, what's going to happen here – and this, is, this isn't this is spoilers. This is Shag speculating. But we know that um, – what's his face? Uh, Eddie. Eddie's going to do something bad. We've seen shots of him shooting cops. We've seen shots of him in Flash fighting, right? So is Eddie going to turn bad? What's going to happen there? Is Eddie going to get controlled by Gorilla Grodd maybe? I think what's going to happen is I think Harrison Wells – did I already tell you this theory on the air? Uh Maybe. All right, well, either way, I think Harrison Wells, uh, or the reverse flash, I should say, is going to use that body swapping machine, and I think he is going to swap places, or not swap places, but take over Eddie's body. He's going to make himself look like Eddie, I should say. So he's going to change from looking like um, Harrison Wells to looking like Eddie. Eddie will die. He's then going to impersonate Eddie, you know, join, you know, I guess join the police force and pretend to be Eddie just like he did with Harrison Wells, and so now the reverse flash will actually be Eddie, so that way the actor Eddie gets to stay around. Then Barry goes back in time, saves his mother, creates an alternate timeline where Harrison Wells never dies, so the actor of Tom Cavanaugh can stay around, as the original Harrison Wells, for season two. That the actors all stay in place, but the villain and sort of stuff moves around a bit. That's what I think is going
1: to happen. There's nothing to do with Firestorm, but that's my theory. It seems no less improbable than any other stuff that's going on on this. show. It's superhero stuff. Yeah, it's because because comic book move right. Because comic book TV shows. Right, Perfect, okay Alright, so on to
2: the next piece of This is still spoilery, I guess So this is all ties into Robbie not coming back So the, the spin-off show Which we got a, a, a BS title for We were told the title was going to be The Atom And that still leaked out And everyone freaked out because it was called The Atom And I, I didn't understand that, how, the, how they could possibly Misspell Firestorm, A-T-O-M That's just a mistake But <laughs> turns out that it's not going to be called The Atom at all uh, Andrew Kreisberg has said, nope, sorry There's a lot of rumors going around about the title of the show uh, None of them are right we'll tell you what the name of the series is later. So, could be All-Star Team-Up, which was the name of this episode. I don't know.
1: I but like F- Firestorm Funtime Hour is my choice.
2: but That's a good one. I was going for Firestorm and his Atomic Friends, but sure, I like yours too. Yours is actually a little more catchy. So, we know the cast of the of the spin-off show includes Brandon Ralph as the Atom, Katie Lotz, uh, Katie Lotz, whatever, however you say her name, she's going to be playing some character. Since there's already a Black Canary on Arrow, A lot of speculation is that she may play the White Canary. Um, Wentworth Miller is going to be playing, you know, obviously Captain Cold. Dominic Purcell will be playing Heat Wave. Arthur Darville, Rory from Doctor Who, is going to be playing Rip Hunter. Hell to the yeah! And then uh, Sierra, maybe is how you say her name? I'm not sure. Sierra Renee is going to be playing Hawkgirl. And of course, Victor Garber is going to be playing Professor Martin Stein. No sign of Robbie Amell, as I mentioned. Um, really no signs of him coming in. I, I was holding out hope it was a secret, but no, I don't think that's the case. Now, here's where it gets interesting. There is still one mystery hero they haven't revealed yet. And the description of him is an African-American male in his 20s. And he has a regular street smart guy. He's a regular street smart guy who unexpectedly gains powers, and then as part of the team regularly quips about the insanity of the situation. Now, the, the running theory for a long time has been that that's either going to be black and light, lightning or static. My money would be on static personally. But some people are postulating that, hmm, African American male in his twenties and Victor Garber is there without a firestorm half.
1: Ah uh-huh. could,
2: could that be even though we've already seen Jason Rush on the series, and don't they don't have to stick with that. He had a very minor appearance, they can just ignore it. You know, could it be Jason Rush? It would be interesting uh, if that's what they end up going with, if that's who Victor pairs up with. I will tell you, I've heard through the grapevine. That Firestorm will absolutely
1: be part of the show. It would seem to make sense. I mean, why Why else would you have... I mean, I know they did it with thinking Robbie Amell would continue, but...
2: Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. No,
1: it so. I, I would seem almost guaranteed that it's going to be Jason Rush.
2: It, it seems logical that it would be. But, um, I don't know. Could be any number of things, so... Either way, exciting times, exciting stuff. Uh, I just can't believe Firestorm's going to be on a TV show. There's going to be
1: there's going to be four DC shows, five DC shows on the air in like a year.
2: Wait, okay. Flash, Arrow, All Star Team Up. I'm sorry, Firestorm and his Atomic Friends, Supergirl, Supergirl. Gotham. What's the... Oh, Gotham. Well, that's if it stays around. But yeah, huh? And Constantine. Well,
1: supposedly... that's canceled. That's canceled. Well,
2: it, and it's now uncanceled, or it's not canceled. It was announced, canceled, and then they're all like, well, wait, no, it's not canceled, but okay. – so it's like kind of like a limbo sort of thing. Okay. I know. It's, it's stupid. It's like, you know, it didn't like an hour after they all said it was canceled, a bunch of reports came out that it's not officially canceled. <laughs> Jeez, what, okay. Whatever. Did I tell you the crazy thing about the numbers with that, which drives – which bugs the crap out of me? You know, Flash is a runaway hit for the CW, right? No pun intended. Well, oh, um, Most watched TV show CW's ever had. Constantine is considered a failure. Yeah, well, guess what? Because of the networks, you know, where or, or Constantine was on, what, NBC? More people watch Constantine than watch Flash.
1: <laughs> and Constantine's a failure. Always better to be a big fish in a small pond. I tell you, which worries me for Supergirl. Because mm, yeah, CBS, true.
2: you know? Yeah. Ugh. So, anyway. All right, so that's my. F- that's, oh, no, I'm not done with Firestorm News. <laughs> I'm sorry. The best is. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. Come. What are you doing?
2: You're burying the lead, man. <laughs> well, I did. I did say the lassoing Rob Kelly in the opening of the show. So, folks, the su- <laughs> this is this is insane. The Suicide Squad movie, you know, is is rolling along here, and it's got some pretty big buzz going around it right now because you've got, you know, you've got Will Smith in it. You've got, uh, you know, Viola. Jared, Jared da- Leto. Yep, Jared Leto, Viola Davis. There's a lot of talk about uh, Jared Leto playing the Joker. A lot of hype out there. They've been, sneaking, they've been sneaking pictures of him as he begins to, quote-unquote, transform into the Joker as he becomes the role and all this stuff. But the one question that no one knows is who is Adam Beach playing? Well, one source, and I mean literally one source, <laughs> <laughs> has leaked.
1: Slip. news. Yes! Don't that is you? It's Slipknot! <laughs> oh my god!
2: 123 episodes later, and we did it. We started making fun of uh, Slipknot in episode one, and here we are. 123 her, episodes later.
1: Everybody just picture Shag on an aircraft carrier with Mission Accomplished and a banner behind him.
2: <laughs> Slipknot's going to be on the silver screen, supposedly. If he is, in fact, playing Slipknot. I mean, this could be total crap, guys. But... It's out there, and I'm running with it, baby. (laughs) I hope he gets his damn arm blown off. Um, I think that would be a riot. I think instead, unfortunately, I mean, this guys he's a total chump, right? He's like a fourth or fifth tier character, this Slipknot is. And I love him to death, but come on, really. So more than likely, I got to think the only purpose he's going to serve is the same purpose he served in Suicide Squad, which is to show you that Amanda Waller will kill you or blow you up if you run away from the mission.
1: I, well, yeah, you're probably right, but I mean, they could do. I mean, you know, they're under no restrictions about what they might do with them. I mean, not that she was this level of chump, but like in or at all, but like in the X-Men comics, Mystique was never that big of a character, and in the movies, they made her like a huge part and like a total ass kicker. Yeah, and you know, that's the, it really wasn't her in the comics. So you know, Slipknot doesn't, Slipknot doesn't necessarily have to be as much of a Mort as he is in the comics.
2: Well, but you think about it, Suicide Squad, one of the things that they're going to have to demonstrate is how deadly it is to betray the mission. Right. They're the it's Expendables. Got, they've got to show somebody being Expendable. Right, and right. he Slipknot makes the most sense. Right. Come on, he's <laughs> got rope. <laughs> As Diablo Frank is, you know, famous for saying, you know, he has no business fighting Firestorm with rope. You know, I'm sorry, I don't care what organic <laughs> rope is, bull crap, whatever. Um,
1: it's hemp, man. It's really Whatever,
2: strong. I mean... Unless that rope is actually still alive, it, Firestorm should be able to transform it. Otherwise, he can't transform wood either, because wood's organic. You know. <laughs> so anyway, um, he he has no business fighting Firestorm, but he would be a great Green Arrow villain. He's perfect for Green Arrow, you know. But so in Suicide Squad, he just he's he's fodder, man. If it's really him, but either way, as you said, mission accomplished. <laughs> well done. Thank you. I'm very proud of this moment. <laughs> we did it, Rob. I, I think it's. I think we did it together.
1: I, yeah, I, I'll take a little bit of credit. Sure. You should. <laughs> you should.
2: All right. So you got some news, right? Well, we
1: have a little bit of news. Uh, there was there's a rumor going around that James Wan, the director of uh, Insidious and The Conjuring, and the new super mega smash hit Fast and Furious Seven, is going to be directing Aquaman. Now we didn't really tweet this out on the shrine because it's just rumored. Um and we generally stay away from just rumors. And as we see, as you know, we can see, even if they announce it, it doesn't even necessarily make it true because they've replaced the Wonder Woman director. Uh you know, Warner Brothers announced that Michelle McLaren was doing Wonder Woman and then they said, Oh wait, no, she's not. It's Patty Jenkins mm. who who was fired off of Thor uh, Thor two uh, instead of um, I forget the name of the gentleman that, that replaced her the guy from Game of Thrones so you know none of these things are, are, are like the same thing with Edgar Wright and Ant Man you know mm-hmm. so none of this stuff is set in stone until they're actually shooting shooting the film but that's that's the leading rumor that James Wan will do it uh, I've only seen a couple of his films I saw the first Saw which I have absolutely no time for. And I saw Insidious, which I thought was pretty good, and I just saw The Conjuring, which I thought was was, was pretty good too. Um, but they're all horror movies, so it's kind of hard for me to necessarily transpose, you know, what he could do on uh, for Aquaman. Um, so I don't know, you know, I just don't know how I feel about it. I mean, considering some of the other choices that I'd heard, I'm happy about James Wan. <laughs> there were some other names I was like, oh god, please no, don't let that person do it. Um, Roger, Roger, Roger Corman. Roger yeah, again. he's like a thousand years old. Um, hey, he could make a lot. For, he wouldn't have to spend a lot of money to get a movie made. That's true. Um, so uh, you know,
2: He'd be, Jason Momoa would be f- swimming in a fish tank. Yeah, but.
1: yeah, the big creature with hot dogs in his mouth. But um, so that's that's the news so far as what's going on with Aquaman. Outside of that, there's nothing else that we've heard. Um, oh, you know what? Just to bounce off of that,
2: a Aquaman movie. Done in almost like a, a PG-13 style horror genre. Might be interesting. I mean, underwater can get pretty damn scary. Because you can get turned around. You can't, you know, and all kinds of stuff under the sea that you don't know. A lot of jump out shock moments and tension and suspense. Yeah,
1: that could be interesting. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I have, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. I have seen the Batman v. Superman trailer. The full trailer? The full trailer. <gasps> I've seen it. For so, shame. So I'm not, I, I'm not going to say what is in it at all. I'm just saying is, I've. Is Batman in it? Yes. You said you wouldn't say what's in it. You uh, liar. I, I think you can figure out that Batman is in it. And is Superman, it, is Superman, Superman is also in it. Damn you, Superman. Uh, but, uh, but so that's it. That's all I will say about, about that. Um, yeah. So, so there's, there's that. Um, when does that trailer actually drop? I, Monday. 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 Well, that was the thing is that Snyder dropped 20 seconds of it this morning, which, you know, I watched. And I was like, oh, it's just two shots of the empty costumes. Like, who the hell cares? And then that just got obliterated by the Star Wars news. <laughs> I bet he would may rethink Monday's release. Yeah. Know, know. Well, well, there's no – I don't think there's any other Star Wars thing to to come out on Monday at least. So, Although you never know. the celebration People are still, is, gonna so, still, still going to be talking about this on Monday. On, yeah. But anyway, um, I will say that I have been fairly – Pessimistic about Batman v Superman, just from what I've seen to this before I saw the trailer, you know, and uh, I'm kind of taken to task here and there by some people, it's like, oh, so negative about it, and I, you know, there was a lot about it that I just don't, I don't think is a great move. What I saw looked pretty cool, I will say. Yeah, kind of. What I saw looked pretty cool, and one point that's going around that has been made that I think is valid is, you know, the big worry is, boy, they're doing a lot of characters. You know, in one movie. I mean, potentially seven different characters, maybe even more than that. Well, okay. Well, that that's kind of what's shaping up to be Civil War at this point. Uh, Captain America is going to be in it. Iron Man's going to be in it. Spider Man's going to be in it. The Falcon's going to be in it. I mean, and, and nobody seems to be giving Marvel any grief about that. But they're not introducing these characters. Well, they're introducing Spider Man.
2: <clears throat> not really.
1: Well, then you could say they're not really introducing Wonder Woman. What are you talking about? They're introducing Spider-Man into the Marvel Universe, into the Marvel movie universe.
2: I guess guess so. But, I mean, the fact is we have seen, you know, by this point, five
1: Spider-Man movies. Right, but he's a different character. But he's a different character. Is it Miles? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying, but it's it's not the Spider-Man from those movies. This is yeah. a different Spider-Man. So I, I know it's they have a slightly easier task ahead. Of, I'm just saying that you know Marvel is certainly front-loading its movies with it, it, its next movie with lots of characters. So you know, and look sure. at the Avengers. The Avengers is going to have two new, three new characters added to the one that's coming yeah. out in a couple of weeks. So but you know, Marvel's batting a thousand right now. Marvel, yes. I mean, so far Warner Brothers is just getting destroyed. By D- by Disney. Uh, slash Marvel. I mean, like I said, you know, they come out with the big deal about, ooh, 20 seconds of the trailer, and then Disney drops this Star Wars thing. We just sucked up all the oxygen in the room. Um, but you think they
2: did it on purpose?
1: No. No, I don't yeah. think they care. <laughs> I think I think it was I think they figured we're going to show it on the first day of celebration. It's going to get out, so let's just put it
2: out. Oh, today's first day of celebration. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. there it is. I think, okay. they,
1: I think they very smartly observed. There's no way we can either let it out or have a thousand cell phone versions go out, and right. who wants to see that? So just put it out, and just you know, and it dropped. It was like a grenade. I mean, literally, my office shut down for like twenty <laughs> minutes while I heard it come out of every office. I heard the theme playing in like three <laughs> different offices. So you guys do work in a movie trailer business. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a good day to be in the movie trailer business. <laughs> it was like okay. Um, so so yes. Yeah, so when I, I've seen the Batman v Superman trailer. I liked what I saw, and it'll be neat to talk about it, I guess, hopefully next week when they drop it. So it'll be pretty How cool. big was Firestorm's part in the trailer? Oh, it was huge. Comes in at oh. the beginning, and then he's in the middle, and then he's at the end. So. You said you wouldn't spoil the trailer. <laughs> I didn't say I wouldn't spoil things that are made up. Oh. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's why Robbie Amell's not going to be in the show. He's in the movie. That's right. That's right. So, so that's really it. James Wan might be doing Aquaman, which wouldn't be the worst choice in the world from what I've seen, and he's certainly as hot as can be right now. I mean, his Fast and Fury 7 is Seven has made three quarters of a billion dollars already. Are you serious? Yeah, worldwide, it's made like, around eight hundred. I think it's made eight hundred million dollars worldwide. The, so.
2: the seventh movie in a franchise yeah. makes that much money. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, so you know,
2: I, I say that Avengers was almost the seventh movie, wasn't it? I mean, with the Thor movies and Something the like Iron Man movie yeah. movies, and yeah. That.
1: Yeah. so. But uh, so anyway, that's that's the Aquaman quote unquote JLA movie news that we have for the moment.
2: Wow. Okay. So I think we're going to put a little time into that uh, place that was a long, long time ago, <laughs> kind of far away, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I was, you know, on the interwebs today, <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, you know, I'll just check Facebook. I put out the uh, the Kung Fury, you know, a commercial or uh, song video video, which is amazing and then I I look on a friend of mine's wall a guy named Rob (laughs) and there is a picture of Harrison Ford current age and Chewbacca in the Millennium Falcon and I'm like what the hell is this Uh, my interest is peaked and then I see there's a link to a trailer in there and then I realize as I go to click the trailer that asshole spoiled the trailer
1: on his (laughs) Facebook wall you jerk You know, I did feel a little guilty after I hit post because, like, maybe some people haven't seen it. And then I was like, "Ah, I don't care. (laughs) Maybe, like, the world hadn't seen it yet
2: because, you know, you got it
1: first. No, we didn't get it first. No, we didn't get it first. We did not get it first.
2: Okay. Well, you were watching it at least an hour before me.
1: Okay, Well, all right. But we didn't get it first. It was on YouTube. We were watching on YouTube like everybody else.
2: Uh, So, yeah, that took some of the bite out of the ending. I
1: apologize. I do apologize for
2: that. Whatever. Whatever. You don't care. All about the rob. Anyway,
1: so what'd you think? to suck? I, I mean, look, hey, I am—I've uh, mentioned this before. We, we talked about this on the Star Wars episode. I am shocked how much I am back on board with Star Wars, <laughs> uh, thanks to this new movie. And every single thing I've seen come out of this movie has been to me positive, from the people behind the scenes to the cast to you know, the, just the tone that it seems to be taking. And now we've seen two trailers. And I love every bit of it. And this trailer did what it's supposed to do. It gives you a little more background. I, I To me, I can start piecing together what I think is some of the plot elements. I'm not trying too hard because I don't want to spoil it for myself. But every single piece of this trailer I loved. From the wrecked Star Destroyer. Oh, my Which God. Which is just amazing. Such a great way to open the trailer is, you know, the Wreck, the wreck Star store, And, I mean, um, the fact that they're still focusing on... Tatooine? The new characters. Well, no. <laughs> well, ac- see, now, according to J.J. J. Abrams, that's not Tatooine. It's another oh, planet. thank God. <laughs> well, I mean, would it matter? I don't know why it would make a difference, but...
2: Because um, Tatooine is the farthest from, right, okay. the f- or whatever, from every shining center in the galaxy.
1: Right, right. There's, there's we the keep center of the universe there. is the planet that's farthest. From. Yeah, and we keep going back right. there. So supposedly, it's a new planet called. Uh, it starts with a J or something like that. So according to J.J. J. Abrams, J.J. J. Abrams, yeah, J.J. Abrams' planet. But I mean, yeah, from the from the opening crush, you know, the the wrecked, and then the wrecked Darth Vader helmet, uh, which is just amazing. It uh, looks really cool and spooky and that's somebody picking it up and then you have the guy reaching out to R2D2 I don't I'm assuming that's Luke cuz it looks like a like robotic hand yeah I would think that's probably Luke's hand and then you've got the handing o- handing over to the lightsaber in what seems like you know it's it's dialogue quoted from return of the jedi but then you've got that new piece at the end where Luke you says start? it's not a new piece no the piece where he says and you have it right it's not a new piece that is a new piece no it's not
0: yeah. That
2: is the quote, but they've changed the order of the phrases. Luke says, you have that power. Then he in, – in, the, in Return of the Jedi, he goes, you have that power too. Then he says, it runs strong in my family, blah, blah, blah. blah. I, I, believe me, I've listened to the quote and I mean, I've listened to the trailer and looked to the quote at the same time. They just changed the order of the hmm, phrases. Okay. It's, it is the same – I mean it's a new recording, clearly. It's not the old recording. It's a new recording of the line, but, and they have changed the order of the phrases – but it's the it is the return of the jedi line. Okay. All right. Because it, if it's not then when Luke says that my father has it in present tense that's a whole what the
1: like Right. What well that, that was. was the thing that jumped out at me it was like wait a minute.
2: Yeah. Huh? <laughs> so by the way just so you know once I saw the trailer me and my college roommate spent 45 minutes on the phone dissecting parts of the trailer. The two things that took most of our focus was Chewie's hair and that quote. Okay.
1: <laughs> Um, so we see uh, more footage of Daisy Ridley and uh, John Boyega running around. And eight you you
2: mean um, Ray and Finn?
1: Yes, sort of because
2: of the... I was so inspired, I looked up their names now. Okay, <laughs> I cared that much to like. Oh my God, I gotta know who these characters are now.
1: We see the the evil Stormtroopers. We see um, Oscar Isaac as Poe Dameron, and I am totally on board for Oscar Isaac now. Having seen two of his. Two of his movies in the last couple of months, um, Inside Lumen Davis and A Most Dangerous Year. I am totally into this guy. Like, you see I see the bad guy here. No, he's the the X wing pilot.
2: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, the guys, all I excited, going. Sh- going Woo! Yes,
1: I am a huge fan of this actor now, so I am like just doubly excited that he's in Star Wars. So then we see the Tie Fighters. That scene of the of the Tie Fighter shooting. Look, I don't know where they're having this battle, but you see like Stormtroopers flying in the air. Do they? They're, they're inside you? a hangar, right? Like a star destroyer hangar. I, I, yeah. That looks fantastic, and then we yeah, see boy, Boyeggy cool. there like, to his helmet off. We see the starter store. We see a guy that kind of looks like a cross between Darth Vader and a stormtrooper because he's got the cape, but well, he's, he's
2: his armor's like gleaming silver, right? and he's got and he's got yeah he's got like a cloak of some kind, and right. he's walking in in the background's like a red molten little rock or something like that. Yeah, not that I went frame by frame or anything. Well,
1: no. I'm doing that right now, and then we this <laughs> and the two of them are hanging out, and then. The Millennium Falcon flying into the guts of a the, the engine of another ship. And then the big moment, <laughs> the moment of black, and then kapow, uh, here he is, Han Solo again. And I never, I've said it before on the show, I never thought I would see that in my lifetime, ever again. I only had a couple of heroes as a kid. Like Aquaman, Batman, sort of were in there. Um, Hawkeye Pierce from M.A.S.H., and Han Solo. And just knowing that the Jedi was supposed to be, you know, his final chapter. And the fact that Ford has had a contentious history with Star Wars fandom since. Never in a million years did I think I'd see this. And so the fact that it's here is just unbelievable. And I knew it was coming. I didn't know that it was coming in this trailer. But I knew it was coming. I didn't. Yeah, i cry. Um, but just to see it again is just – it's just – I literally got goosebumps. I literally did, and i don 't remember the last time I saw a movie where that happened to me, so I am just so totally on board for this it 's unbelievable I gasped even though I knew it was coming,
2: literally knew it was coming i uh, uh, get over it. I, I gasped when I, when it goes to black and you hear him go chewy because i mean I, I I do a lot of uh, I listen to a lot of audiobooks, I listen to a lot of well, podcasts, obviously too, but I, I I have an ear for voices. And so, I mean, obviously, I'm sure everyone recognizes his voice, but that's just one thing that I, I think I'm pretty good at is recognizing his voice. So it just – it was like, oh, my god.
1: And
2: <laughs> I just totally freaked out when I heard his voice. Now, you mentioned all the stuff in the trailer. Did you – I don't think you mentioned the, um, the Sith villain. No, right into – it. looks yeah. great. Yeah. I love that mask. Now, there's a lot of talk online that I guess that mask is similar to a Sith character, I think, from a video game. Okay. I mean, obviously, it's not that character. Well, I shouldn't say obviously; I, it's a safe assumption. Oh, Is that, that Kylo
1: character. Ren? Is that who something that's like to be? that? Yeah, yeah.
2: So, I mean, it's a safe assumption; it's not going to be that character. But you know, that could be an old Sith relic or something. You know, who knows? That maybe they're incorporating from the "quote unquote" legends Star Wars stuff. Uh, but I, th- I thought he looked great. I'm still a defender of the Star Wars hilts on, on, the, on the lightsaber hilts. I, I still don't have any problem with that, and I like the new you know Imperial logo. Mm-hmm. That red looking logo looks great. I'm fine with the new R2 Droid, the little bouncy rolling ball mm-hmm. droid.
1: Yeah, I think it looks great. He's adorable. Yeah.
2: So, it, oh man, and and uh, you mentioned the two main actors, uh, Finn and Ray. I am so into their story already. It, it's it's so it's sad how much I'm in. Like you said, I, I just totally. It, You know, five years or however long it took to tell those terrible prequels, and it just rotted my soul in and out. I'm totally back in. I'm so excited. I want to learn more about these characters. You know, seeing her help him up, you know, why why is he in the Stormtrooper armor? Is he a Stormtrooper who realizes he's on the wrong side? Or is he just in disguise? I gotta know! (laughs) (laughs) So excited for this movie. And the thing that I think I like the most about the trailer, I mean, obviously the Harrison Ford bit at the end was great, but the trailer was about the new character. Yes. Yeah, And I I don't know whether I got to this on my own, or I think maybe I've just been brainwashed by Count Druncula on his and Spies podcast, or Dead and Spies podcast, but I, I'm now ready to see adventures of the next characters. I do want to see Han and Luke and Leia, but I don't want them in the main role. I want the new characters to be the main role, and those guys to be support or backup or whatever. I mean, not a cameo, more than a cameo, but... I don't want them to be the main characters. I want it to be Fenn and Rey and whoever else is in this thing. Um, and it's uh, I'm, I'm so ready. By the way, it looks like when the, when the lightsaber gets handed off, uh, I think just looking at the hands and things like that, that what it looks like is a woman handing a lightsaber to a woman. And based it on the hands, it looks like actually maybe the girl, it's the daughter handing the lightsaber to the older person. Like maybe uh, Rey is handing it to Leia.
1: Yeah. I it is don't a know. very
2: classic looking lightsaber. That's like a Kenobi style lightsaber. That's yeah. not like a newfangled thing either. So, oof, man, excited. Now, I'm going to put on my total nerdy fanboy hat. There's only one stupid thing that I'm fixating on. I'm not saying it's a bad trailer, I'm not saying I don't like it, but because I'm a fanboy, I have to fixate on something which is stupid. But I have a hard time with Han's line and his delivery. He looks a little too silly, happy. And that line of Chewy, we're home. I realize that line is for the audience, really. That's for us, the watcher, not really to forward the story.
1: Well, you don't know that, though.
2: Okay, well, I'm making that. It's in the trailer for that purpose. But you. Well, yes,
1: but you don't know that it doesn't forward the story. Well, and it may not even be in the movie,
2: you know. But I'm just saying that line is in the trailer for us. Yes. And. I don't know. I'm being stupid. But I just – it bugs me. I would have rather he'd been like, you know, Chewy, let's go or something like that instead of we're home. It's like uh, a little too a little too corny. But I should just shut up and be happy. I don't know.
1: Yes. It's... Yeah. <laughs> I fl- what, what's really funny is we played this at work and I have a coworker who absolutely just hates Harrison Ford now. He just hates, oh, hates him. Because Harrison Ford has been such a grumpy bastard for the past 20 years, and I understand that. I totally get it. I mean, I'm, I, you know Harrison Ford has really kind of dismissed Star Wars in a lot of ways, and he hates Harrison Ford for that, and he liked this trailer except for that scene because he said he didn't like Harrison Ford's line reading. He thought it was too grumpy. Too so grumpy. Here, See now, here you are saying it's too happy, and I'm like, literally, Harrison Ford cannot win with fanboys. <laughs> you literally can't win because in the space of 12 hours, I've had two people tell me they didn't like it for completely opposite reasons, That's and so they both tough. can't be right. You're right. So I'm like...
2: He's wrong. I'm right. I'm just
1: like, fanboys are the worst. We are, <laughs> and you're worst. one of them, buddy. <laughs> I know I am. Okay. I know. I have my own moments with other things, that I'm just. but it's just like...
2: Uh. <laughs> it's very exciting. I mean, I showed it to my kids. I showed it to my, my wife, everyone, and just... Very exciting times. So I, uh, you know, it's like I, I had to step back because I was so excited at one point. But I'm like, you know what? I was pretty damn excited for the episode one trailer as well. And I watched that frame by frame too. And my buddy, my college buddy that we talked to, he's like, well, you know what? At that point, though, in history, we were starved for Star Wars. Yes. Now we've had a dearth of it, you know, with movies and cartoons and everything. So we can be a little more discerning. So I, I he he says he I, he comparatively was basically saying if you saw episode one trailer now you wouldn't be as impressed. I'm like okay all right I'll give you that. So the, but the majority of our time talking the 45 minutes was spent arguing about Chewbacca. I swear <laughs> to God, he's like Chewbacca looks off. I'm like what? He's like Chewbacca doesn't look right. I'm like yeah because he looks like he did in A New Hope. Like I mean we literally spent 45 minutes dissecting Chewbacca bringing up pictures from all the movies. I, I remember that Chewbacca looked wrong in the prequels, like he didn't look quite right. Now that I looked at a picture of it today, holy crap. Who at Lucasfilm looked at Chewbacca, the costume for episode three, and said, that's okay. Whoever that person is should be taken out behind Lucasfilm and shot with a laser gun. Because that Chewie in episode three is a, is an abomination. It doesn't look anything like Chewie. The the Wookiees in the Christmas special look more like Wookiees than Chewie did in episode three. <laughs> Lumpy. Itchy did too, with his giant underbite and whatever, chewing his cud. But um, no, Chewie looks dead on. He looks exactly like he did in A New Hope. Because if you remember, as the as the first three movies went along, you know Chewie's hair changed. He kind of got bangs or, or you know eyebrows, however you want to look at it. His hair kind of flopped out some. And uh, but here he looks exactly like he did in New Hope. It's perfect. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm just I, – like I said, the, the comparisons with Phantom Menace to me are a little – and I'm not saying you're doing this, cause I, but I've seen them on Facebook. They're a little off to me because they're conflating two different things. I, there are people already now who are saying this is going to be the greatest movie ever, which is crazy because right. you don't know. I mean there's that idiot who got the tattoo of the robot dro- – of the soccer ball droid on his leg or something. Like, dude, <laughs> come on. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think there's – at least nobody that I know, and I'm not – I'm not saying this is going to be the greatest movie ever. I don't know. You can make a really great trailer from a terrible movie. It's hard, but you can. And I remember at the time when Phantom Menace came out. Yeah, I was super excited about Phantom Menace because it was, like as you said, it was new Star Wars. But I also remember – and I'm not – this isn't me correcting my – You know. oh, no, no. I didn't think that back then. I remember – was going to say, are we doing creative rewriting? No, no, history? no. I remember back then knowing that the story was going to be prequels. And I remember thinking, I don't really want to see this story. I don't care about it. I don't – I generally don't like prequels. I didn't like prequels back then. I don't like them now. I like them even less now. But even at the time, I remember thinking, I don't really want to see the story of how Darth Vader became Darth Vader. I don't care. But I was willing to accept it because it was new Star Wars. I was like, okay, I'll take whatever story George is willing to tell me because it's new Star Wars. I'll take it. But I I was literally like, no, no, no. Do 789. I don't care less about 123. So
2: I call bullshit. I'm calling you Gowron from now on. You're creatively rewriting history, I think. How do you know? I knew you back then.
1: You did not know me back then.
2: I did. I have email trails going back to 2001.
1: This is 1998 99, dude. Well,
2: you know, it's close enough.
1: <laughs> no, no, what? Well, <laughs> I feel sorry for the company that you do the numbers for because that's pretty dodgy. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's all the same. It's, uh, it's all the same. The
2: auditors won't ask. <laughs> Yeah, I so I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, but but it is there is some fair comparisons though. I mean, you know, it's the first new movie of the new trilogy saga. Right. You know, it's episode one. The two most anticipated movies are probably episode one and episode seven. Yes, right? Absolutely. I mean, after four, five, and six, those are the two leadoffs you want to see. So and I and I'm really glad that JJ is only doing one film. Yes. The more I think about it, because Hopefully, if they follow the model of 4, 5, and 6, and even episode 1, really, uh, this movie should be a self-contained tale. It should have a beginning, a middle, and an end. It should have a big, you know, triumphant ending, or at least a, a solid ending, where this movie stands on its own. It should not have a cliffhanger ending. The first one, you know, Episode 4 didn't. Oh, I can't believe I said that. A New Hope didn't have that. You know, episode 1 didn't have that. It, it's a standalone story, and then 2 and 3 are the ones that are linked together.
1: Yeah, and like I said, that is what they did before, and it, it allows a, a greater vision to have different people. And Ryan Johnson is great, so yeah, I'm totally happy that they're handing it off to somebody. And I hope that Ryan Johnson does not do nine. As much as I like Ryan Johnson, I'd like to see somebody different do nine. Have somebody. Isn't he? Supposed, isn't he didn't he sign off for eight and nine though? He's he, what I had heard was he's directing eight and writing eight and nine, but there was rumors that he's directing nine as well. But <laughs> I, I hope that that's not the case. And I can see why you wouldn't also want to do it because that's I mean, how many years of your life is that? Yeah, just oh, to yeah. do two Star Wars movies in a row. So, you know, I, I
2: <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. No,
1: just I. I, I said I like JJ and I like Ryan J, Ryan Johnson, but let's see somebody different for three.
2: I, I had a little thought cross through my head today because I was wondering about that new Sith. And I made myself throw up my mouth a little bit, and I was like, "Huh, I wonder who that Sith is." You know, I wonder. I wonder if it's you know, are they going to call him Darth? You know, is he somebody we've seen before? Maybe. And oh God, what if it's a clone of the Emperor? Oh God, and I like throw up my mouth. I'm like, (laughs) then I'm like, no, they wouldn't do that. That'd be like, I don't know, pretending somebody's not Khan and then making him Khan. Oh God, JJ. (laughs) So I I really hope none of that happens. I hope J.J.'s learned from his mistakes. <laughs> I hope stuff. so. I hope so. Well, keep in mind, though, he was already working on this movie, I think, before uh, that, that movie came out, right? <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I don't, I, didn't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't
2: know. Because, oh, that would be bad. All right. We've talked all about this a lot. It's exciting. Share your thoughts in the, th- in the comments, folks. Uh, I'm sure we'll have lots to talk about in the next few months about this. Oh, yeah. It has absolutely nothing to do with Aquaman and Firestorm. But you know what? The beauty of the Fire and Water podcast is it's... Fire and water. It's not Aquaman and Firestorm. It's two different elements that conflict and could be anything. So, someday when DC finally sues us, we'll we'll chuck the whole Aquaman and Firestorm thing and we'll just be two elements fighting and battling each other.
0: <laughs>
2: All right. With that, I think we're gonna go to break.
1: Yes, we're gonna run some commercials and uh, for a show we like and a very uh, worthy cause. And then when we come back, we will do listener feedback.
2: Yep. After these messages. We'll be right
0: back. I'm Mike Gillis. And I'm Casey Dorn, And we want to ask you an important question. Are you sick and tired of other panel discussion shows wasting your time droning on and on about foreign policy, economics, and human rights? Or do you want to hear conversations about things that actually matter? We host a podcast called Radio vs. the Martians. Every month we gather a panel of our nation's finest minds and plunge a rusty prison shank into the heart of tough questions that have an impact on the lives of real people like you. Like, are drivers required to pull over for the Ghostbusters? Is the United Federation of Planets actually an oppressive dictatorship run by guidance counselors? Is Arnold Schwarzenegger secretly a genius? And are we being mean when we laugh at movies that are so bad they're good? So write your congressman and let them
2: know that Radio vs. the Martians is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and on RadioVsTheMartians.com.
0: Hey everybody, it's Tom Paneris from In Country and Pop Culture Affidavit asking you if you would like to donate to Wordplay. This is an annual trivia competition that is taking place in Charlottesville on April 22nd to support the literacy volunteers of Charlottesville Albemarle. Just as I have done for the last two years, a team of teachers from my building and I will be participating. Last year, we came in third and one coffee mugs. This year, we're going for first, but the more important thing is that we're trying to raise five hundred dollars to, to support this wonderful organization that helps adults who are illiterate and English language learners learn to read and write, and provide them with the support and the skills they need to for become further productive citizens in in our town, in our community, in our country. To donate, you can go to popcultureaffidavit.com and click the link included on the first post on the website. You can donate as much or as little as you can, and all donations are tax-deductible. Thank you for supporting Wordplay and Literacy.
2: All right, folks, we're back from break, and now it's time for... Listeners Listeners speak bit of feedback. So what we've done is, uh, if you haven't been listening on a regular basis, we actually tackle feedback fairly regularly. You know, when we do our review episodes for the month, we cover feedback from the previous one and who's who we cover the feedback. We did some feedback from live action a couple months ago. So it's, uh, you know, it's a handful of episodes, but because you guys are such chatty Cathy's, there is an astonishing amount of feedback we do need to get through, which I'm very excited about. You guys are the absolute best. You know, the Fire and Water podcast community, Rob, I say this every freaking time I do this, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. The Fire and Water podcast community is the single greatest podcast listening community in the world. You know what? In the galaxy. I'll go that far as to say that. Because, you know, we have a probe heading to the edge of the solar system this month. So, you know, I'm just saying. Um, wow. I mean, it, this is what, 40 pages in a Google Doc? Is that what this is? <laughs> Something like that. You guys are awesome. So, I love all y'all, so we're going to start off with some iTunes reviews. If you want folks, please do us a favor. Go out to iTunes if you haven't left the show a review. Um, if you don't mind, leave us a review that'd be great. We would really appreciate it it helps raise the profile of the show, helps other uh, nuclear subs, which is what we call you guys that listen to the show, helps nuclear subs find each other and uh, attracts more folks to the show so All right. Got a review from Alex Osias. He says, this podcast, which celebrates fandom both broad and shallow and narrow and deep, is thoroughly enjoyable. Even when plumbing the depths of admittedly narrower fandom communities, such as Power Records, or the tangentially related topics, such as Cubert School, or even current events with Firestorm and The Flash TV show, and Aquaman and the upcoming Batman vs. Superman movie at the time of this community... There's a clear love, preparation, and knowledge about the subject matter. Aside from the lively, good-natured banter of the host, there's a lively, active, and highly skilled and knowledgeable community that features prominently in each episode, broadening the supporting cast of the podcast beyond the fictional ones. Five stars and an infinite sheet of yellow zip tone
1: <laughs> I like that.
2: That's great. I love that, Alex. And you, Alex, are a vibrant part of that community, and we appreciate that.
1: We got another review, five stars, thank you, from Myth Making etc. Uh, he says, first time caller, I've been listening for a long time now, but I'm here to finally leave a review. This is more than just an Aquaman and Firestorm podcast. It is a love letter to DC Comics and their many wonderful characters. DC fans, whether or not the two title characters are favorites of yours, need, all caps, to be listening to this show and a part of the community that has grown around it. Thank you, Myth Making, etc. That's a great review. And, he, and he's a nice
2: guy. He's out there on Twitter. He's actually got a podcast of his own and I am as quickly as I can scrolling to try and find it. Uh, it's, you can find that over at Myth Making Etc, which is etc.blogspot.com. Check that out, and uh, great guy and great stuff. So uh, we appreciate the support. Thank you very much. We heard from Firestorm826. He said, a match heads paradise. Uh, another, again, there's another iTunes review, five stars. Really enjoying the Fire and Water podcast. I bumped into Firestorm Fan on Twitter, and his tweets led me to this podcast. Great, entertaining, and informative. Very much like the details and the coverage of the classic Fury Firestorm issues. Well, thank you, Firestorm826. We appreciate that. And, you know, I think that's his birth name, Firestorm826. <laughs> I do. We heard from Victor Wachter. Um, it's like Doctor. Walked her. I'm going with that. Thank you, Victor. Another iTunes review, five stars. He says, so much to listen to. This, is to become my, this has risen to become my favorite comic podcast right now. The show is about Firestorm and Aquaman, and that's great. There's never been a better time to be a fan of these two characters. But then they add in episodes about Power Records, who's – man, who, Power Records is getting some love here, brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's Who in the DC Universe, DC Heroes RPG, and other stuff that were integral parts of being a comics fan in the 70s and 80s. Every week is a happy surprise. Well, thank you, Victor. I, I, Victor's, at least as far as I know, he's relatively new to the Matchhead community, maybe in
1: the last few months, and I'm thrilled to have him on board. He sent some good feedback. We appreciate that. Yep. Uh, we got an email from Jason Trenner. He says, hi, am I strange for considering the Kurt Busiek era Joseph Curry to be my Aquaman? <laughs> uh, no. You know, everybody's got their own thing. I I think that's an underrated sort of i've gone back on it now and i'm looking like there was a lot more there than i gave a credit for at the time so no jason i wouldn't say that i don't want to see it be the movie version of aquaman um <laughs> but i also wouldn't mind seeing joseph curry return in, in some weird form so don't worry about it, jason enjoy it
2: jason i love the the kurt music uh sort of a sort of Atlantis saga so took me a second reading before i really got it um but i love it absolutely yep. love it so no you're not weird
1: yep Uh, We got an email from Luke Dobb, Dobb Creative, uh, regarding episode 106, the Justice League Lunar Invaders episode. He says, so I kept a record of thoughts and comments during the listening of Moonbase Peace. Here they are in chronological order. Is the Flash played by Scooter from the Muppets? Narrator sounds like somebody at Fisher-Price got their mom to read it. (laughs) Love the royalty-free classical music. Is Wonder Woman a chain smoker? One of these guys sounds like Jerry Nelson. Look, Muppets are heroes. Apparently I'm pronouncing Robot wrong. (laughs) <laughs> narrator just said the dick was quiet I certainly hope so there was a harpsichord playing in the background just now that makes sense Red Tornado's theme music is horrendous oh my gosh Rob just said these guys really are the Muppets amazing <laughs> I love the real time commentary that's fantastic
2: I like how it just all comes back together at the end That's beautiful I would have loved that Wonder Woman talked like Janice Janice? Oh, oh, oh the Muppet. Okay. yeah
1: the Muppets oh hello Superman
2: <laughs> so there I was without any clues on <laughs> Um, we also got another message from Luke. I, I, I love this next message so much. I almost, uh, insisted on him getting a steam award for it, but, uh, I don't know. It's a, it says, he put this on Twitter. He says, my boss makes fun of me for calling my online community friends. He doesn't know the fire and water podcast community. How awesome is that? That's really good. What a great way to sum that up. Thank you, Luke. I love that. So heard from, man, I can't say this guy's name. I'm so, I'm so sorry. Um, Guatem Chiorin, pretty good. I mean, he's listened to enough episodes by now. He should know. He should give me a pronunciation guide. I'm sorry. In uh, line, he goes by Doc G-Man of Nerdology. I love it. He says, I've been listening to your podcast for the last couple months and have been absolutely loving it. I always liked the character of Firestorm since his Galactic Guardian days. I've been so inspired by your podcast that I created this character's model of everybody's favorite nuclear man. I used the Champions Online Character Generator suite to create this design. Hope you like it. You can find that over at docgmanofnerdology.tumblr.com. You can find that out there in his thread. He's actually done everybody on the team, so it's pretty cool. Uh, on the Guardians, uh, What you, Gar- Galactic Guardians team, so... Then he goes on to say, I can't wait for your episode on issue – this is very interesting because we – I'm backing up. I'm sorry. We covered Fury of Fire show number 19, which was Jerry Conway and Gene Colan. And quite honestly, you and I pretty much trashed the issue. Is that I, fair to say?
1: No, I don't think that's fair. I, I think we just said Gene Colan is not the right. Ra- – we're both big fans of Gene Colan. I think maybe yes. even more than you. Um, but we just said, no, he, just, he was just not the right choice for this issue. I, thought we were, I think we were fair. I I, I do. I think
2: we were kind, but it was clear we didn't enjoy the issue, because I think we gave it a lot of ribbing. But anyway... Uh, but it's Here's a different perspective. He says, I can't wait for your episode on issue 19 of the Fury of Firestorm classic. This was one of the only issues of the series I owned during its original print run, and I loved the issue. Having been listening to your podcast, it's now funny to me that my first print introduction to the character was drawn by a pencil or inker team that was not the book's regular team. Still, the ultra-moody and atmospheric work of Gene Colan and Rick Maggiar is perfect for the tragedy that is Goldenrod. In hindsight, in fact, that I like the character so much from this reading speaks well to the strength of the character, able to transcend the needs of the original creators and still work well. So, I'm glad there's an alternative opinion out there, because we, we wanted to like the issue, we just didn't. So, I'm, I'm thrilled that that issue was somebody's introduction to Firestorm, and they loved it. I think that's great. Heard from Jason uh, Marconette, I think is right. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually know this guy in real life. I bumped into him here in my hometown a couple times. Uh, He actually – well, I'll get into it. Anyway, he says, I started listening to your podcast recently. I travel a lot, and podcasts are great assistants on long trips. I'm not a diehard fan of either character. Uh, You provide great insight on these terrific characters. You also have a great chemistry that makes for an entertaining listen. Great chemistry. What? Obviously, he's not paying attention very now. He closely. must be listening
1: to the Power Records episodes. Mu- oh, Frank.
2: I was thinking he's listening to the DC Heroes uh, role-playing game episodes. Oh, that, anyway.
1: that thing you do once every three years? Yeah. That. Hey,
2: I've done two episodes. Thank you very much. <laughs> wow, two. Oh,
1: okay.
2: Hate you so... Oh, you know, he probably listened to the episode of me and Frank doing Blue Devil. That's probably what he listened to, if there's good chemistry. <laughs> listening anyway.
1: to the one with me and Max talking about Plastic Man.
2: Uh, he goes on to say that he is currently... Or You're he's burnt. Running his- what? You're burnt. Oh, whatever. He says (laughs) uh, he's actually launched his own YouTube show and blog recently covering comics and beer, two things that go great together, and it's called Heroes and Hops. So check that out on YouTube. So thanks for joining us, Jason.
1: (laughs) Uh, We got a message from Count Drunkula slash Ryan Daly, who is from the Flowers and Fishnets blog slash podcast Dead and Spies podcast and whatever other podcast that he's going to stop doing so we can start a new podcast. You never Don't get too attached to his shows is what I'm saying.
2: He is going to be doing a new podcast. Yeah, I know. It's going to be really cool. I
1: know. I just don't – okay. I'm just upset that Dead and Spies is kind of Dead buffen. Is it dead or is it just like slowing? It's He hasn't done a new episode in a while and I'm very upset because I really uh, like that show. I like Dead and Spies. I know. I, I even like the ones you were on. Um, these episodes, <laughs> I hated the one you were on <laughs> Episode 110 Ah, oh, there's that chemistry Episode 110, the Bob Haney Showcase He says, after 100 episodes, you finally cover a topic I care about Great episode, fellas The Haney Zane is always appreciated I try to imagine the fiery condemnation that this issue of B&B would face where it published today. This is a brand of sexism that's so much more enjoyable to watch from a distance than Donna Troy debuting naked in the New 52 or the Milo Manera variant cover from Spider-Woman's Butt Number 1. Shag brought up an interesting point. Through the plot of the story's classic Haney absurdity, imagine if it was scripted by someone who could crack the lingo of 1966, someone like Stan Lee or Denny O'Neill. Your next zany Haney must include Disco of Death. Which, and he provided the cover of that, which is number 151 of Batman and the Flash. So you can't make any promises, but that, I'm sure that's uh, just from the title. that That's probably a winner. Batman has to break the mob while
2: the Flash travels to the past to solve the secret of the Disco of Death. <laughs> <laughs> Um he uh, he commented on our Blue Devil episode that Frank and I did. It's a terrific outing for the all new Fire and Brimstone podcast. Oh, that's
1: perfect. That's so good. <laughs> uh, regarding the Plastic Man episode 114. He says, sorry it took so long to respond. This issue was fun. This issue episode was fun and educational. I was really didn't know that much about Plastic Man's Log Publication History. Max Romero always does a great job with his blog. I agree. And his parents his appearance on this episode was just as terrific. I've always liked Plastic Man, He was kind of a strange place in my DC. Heart chamber. I got to know Elongated Man first, and Ralph was integrated into the JLA and the wider DCU much quicker and easier. So while Plastic Man debuted 20 years earlier, it was always felt like Plas was biting on Ralph's shtick instead of the other way around. I wish DC would really embrace the multiverse again to put Plastic Man, Shazam, and the Charlton Heroes on another planet. Or, just as good, sell the rights to those characters back to the original or other publishers. Well, the original publishers are gone, so it would have to be somebody else. Uh, can we please get some of these Plastic Man appearances from the Brave and the Bold and the next zany, Haney episode of Fire and Water? Hmm. Speaking of Brave and Bold, for Rob, the first season of Batman Brave and the Bold must have been Mana from Heaven considering Green Arrow, Aquaman, and Plastic Man <laughs> were some of the most regular guest stars with the dark, with the less dark night. Yeah, it was. It was really... Uh, yeah, I just love that show to death. <laughs> and, and your boy, Red Tornado. Yeah, well, he's not my boy, but... Well, you wrote an article about I him. I did write an article about him, yeah. Uh, we got a message from Earth2Chris, my Power Records co-host and the co-host of the Supermates podcast. He, regarding Bob Haney, great episode. I learned that Bob Haney is just more than just zany, and I think we learned a lot more about Shag. I applaud <laughs> you and your ability to admit your desires, free of the burden of judgment.
2: I have no and idea you know, what he's talking he's about. I'm sorry, I, think I don't...
1: how much you loved Wonder Girl. I think he's... You were talking oh, about that. Well, and he says, "I'm kind of surprised you guys didn't tackle the obvious Haney subject for this month. This being December, Teen Titans number thirteen, the TT swinging Christmas Carol. Not that I'm complaining, but you have your, now you have your subject for next December. You're welcome." <laughs> you know, Chris, I considered that, but that story has just been reprinted so many times that it just sort of felt like I wanted to cover something more obscure because that, that is a classic, and, and maybe we should do it when we do the Christmas episode uh, next year, this year. But uh, yeah, that, that's kind of where my head was on that.
2: It's almost time for another Zany Haney actually. It is,
1: yeah. We should it, probably you do. Know, it we again.
2: also need to do some uh, DC Comics Presents backups. Too. Yeah, we
1: do that too. We got we got more topics. We know what to do with. That's true. Uh, we got. Uh, oh, he's another. He sent a comment. Another comment about the Plastic Man episode. I think Ruby Spears' show being its syndication may have been why Plaz got a superpowers figure. That and just the name value. I never remembered seeing the syndicated version with the live actor segments. I think that's where your stinger came from. Yes. But it was broadcast across the U.S. Apparently, I remember being so excited to get Super Friends number thirty-six with Plaz as guest star. I didn't know that. I didn't know then that Freyden had drawn Plaz series before. Great stuff. I seem to recall some heavy rumors about a Plazikman movie starring Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens, oh. at one point. And then there were the Jim Carrey rumors as well. I think Plaz would make a great Pixar-like film. Myself,
2: uh, whoever did. Um Big Hero 6 could do a great Plastic Man movie, I bet. That was... was,
1: that, uh, was that, that was Pixar? No, that's not Pixar. That's That was Disney. Okay. Yeah.
2: Big Hero 6 was a blast. It? So that, okay. Oh, my gosh. It's so much fun. So, um, still going with Earth to Chris. He says, wow, Shag... This is on episode 18, Unite the Seven and Firestorm's debut. He says, wow, Shag with the nuclear burn. How that? How's that crow taste, Rob? <laughs> Love the stinger at the end. This would be the reference to how Rob had gotten all big pants, like bossy, saying Aquaman would be look like he does in the comics in the movie, and I threw it in his face, and it was.
1: It was I got face. that one totally wrong. I it fully admit that. that the so Shag.
2: Name. I do have to come to the defense of Brandon Routh a bit. I feel the guy gets a bit of guff for Superman Returns when I think he turned in a solid performance, despite despite being hindered by essentially playing the ghost of Christopher Christopher Reeve, and not only his version of, and. I am just all over the place here. I'm sorry. Uh, He was being hindered with essentially playing the ghost of Christopher Reeve and not his own version of Superman. Uh, I like Robbie Amell, but I think I'd have to put Routh in the lead for acting chops in that race. I think that he and Garber can carry a series just fine, although I want Firestorm complete. And that was basically, I was saying, I didn't think Brandon Routh could carry a show. But like like this just last week, I saw Brandon Routh in the Flash show as Ray Palmer, and he was playing a very different character than I've ever seen him play. And uh, he was he was very likable in the episode. So yeah, Brandon Routh clearly has more acting chops than I was aware of.
1: Yeah, I, I I'm still a defender of him. The his, his, his job he did on in Man of St- and uh, Superman Returns. Uh, regarding the Tales from the Qbert School episode, he says, That was a lot of fun, Rob. The Kubert School was somewhat of a faint dream for this would-be comic artist. I desperately wanted to go, but I was far too much of a homebody, so I went to a state school here for art. The experiences you and John mentioned mirror a lot of my own, especially the long hours of homework. My roommate was an agriculture major who hardly ever had homework, while I stayed up working on assignments until the butt crack of dawn. I also pulled a few of those used the same assignment for two classes bit. What do, you, <laughs> what do you do to survive? Looking forward to hearing more of these in the future. P.S. Nice Dondi stinger. I actually saw the first few minutes of this film on TCM a few weeks back. I've still never seen it. I want to. Just for the curiosity's sake. But even though Irwin himself told me it was, as he said, quote, a piece of shit. <laughs> well,
2: I, uh, I got to tell you, I really enjoyed the hell out of that Tales of the Cuber School episode. I think that was really, really, really good. Thank you. You guys were fascinating. The stories were interesting. I even played part of it for my stepson. He's 15 years old because he's an aspiring artist, and was you know, he saw an ad for the Kubert School in a comic, and told me, "It's like, hey, you know, I'm thinking maybe I should go there." And I said, "Here, listen to this for a while." <laughs> and um, wow, I mean, just really dug that, folks. If you haven't listened to the Tales of the Kubert School episode yet, you really need to go back and listen to it. It's a stellar outing, and, and even with Rob in it, so very impressive. I did the um, best
1: I could to get out of the way of John.
2: <laughs> we heard from our buddy Ange who runs the Supergirl blog which is called Comic Box Commentary. He's also a, an integral part of the Legion of Superbloggers and uh, a couple of things he did real quick I wanted to mention on April Fool's Day he rebranded his Supergirl blog as a Firehawk blog. It was hilarious. Basically saying that he was giving up on Supergirl. She was becoming too big for her britches with her own TV series and it's was, it was going to be too hard to keep up with her so he really wanted to focus in on a really minor character. So he picked Firehawk. It was a hoot. I really enjoyed the heck out of that. And of course, a couple of people got confused and thought he was being serious, which is funny. And then uh, he's been foolishly tweeting us pictures of composite Superman again. It's a sickness with him. I mean, he needs help. I mean, he's a doctor. He's got to know people who can give him meds for these things. Anyway, on the Bob Haney Showcase episode, uh, now keeping in mind that he runs a Supergirl blog, and one of the main characters was Supergirl. He said the cover does encapsulate almost everything right and wrong about the book. Booby prize, and these are all quotes from the cover. Booby prize, super chicks on a new chick uh, on a new kick. A villain, then he gets a villain who looks like a living prune. Unbelievable. Like Shag, when I first read this, I wondered if there was some weird spell on the high-fashion items which enchanted Kara and Diana. I mean, once they put on the gowns, they both became brainless and breathless debutantes. But no, there was no spell. They just be, they just became eye candy and pampered and wooed. So it was a very strange moment, how both girls just transformed into woo's weird. <laughs> very, very zany-hany.
1: Uh, regarding episode 111, the Aquaman Fires from Review, he says, It has been a big year for Fires and Aquaman, so congrats to all the good news. Like Rob aiming for issue 100 of Aquaman, I too hope one day to hold a Supergirl number 100 in my hands. Closest was 80, the last of Peter David's run. It's very interesting that Peter David was responsible for both books getting the furthest they ever had. Now, he wasn't yeah. writing Aquaman at number 75, but he did the first 50, so he got it past 50. He yeah. got it past 50. So, I mean, he absolutely was responsible for Aquaman being as popular in the 90s as he was. Yeah, um, I've kind of started to give up on that dream because I think that DC is going to start following that Marvel model, which is basically mm-hmm. cancel the books every year and just start them over at number one. Um, so I, I just, you know, I would love it, but I, I, I hold that list and let's hope that we're ever going to get to that point.
2: Oh, what's this over here? Oh, look at that. It's Firestorm number 100. Huh. Interesting. Um, you know, I if, if DC goes to that model where they cancel the series and start over every year, I think I'm going to be okay with it. I've kind of made my peace with all of that. I don't have a problem with them restarting books anymore. Like, DC, Marvel does it all the time now, and I don't really care anymore. It's like you can become either desensitized to it yep. or you realize it gives new readers a new jumping-on point constantly. yeah. yeah. So, um, he goes on to say, this is still about Aquamania Review. So, I wonder if Shag saying Madison Pryor, uh, when I was trying to say Madison Payne, was some Freudian slip about Marvel's Madeline Pryor, the Goblin Queen. You know, I don't know if it was or not, but man, you mentioned Goblin Queen and just so hot. Oh my God. (laughs) I mean, dude, the underboob, that was like the first time I think I ever saw underboob. It was just, woo, man. Yeah, I'm all fired up now. Okay. Uh, then he commented on the Plastic Man episode. He says, I remember the Plaz cartoon too. And yes, Baby Plaz equals Scrappy-Doo. Yep. <laughs> it's a pretty good uh, good fit. Then we heard from our buddy Mark Baker-Wright. Now, he was doing a blog for quite a while called Transforming Seminarian. And it had to do with Transformers and the Seminary, interestingly enough. And um, he is taking a break from it, but it looks like he might come back at some point. So anyway, you might want to check that out. Anyway, he commented on the Firestorm number 18 Aquaman 38 episode, so this is really about the... uh Issue 18 of Fury of Firestorm. He goes, your comments about Ed Brubaker's letter made me think of a similar experience I had years ago when I had a letter printed in Marvel's Transformers comic, issue number 61. While I can't speak for Brubaker's feelings on having his letter edited for publication, I know that my own feelings stemmed from the way, from the way my letter was changed. The editors actually added to my original letter. By the way, I'm, I'm, I'm just pulling pieces out. He wrote a much longer letter here. But, he goes, the editors actually added to my original letter. The meaning I had intended it was obscured by Marvel's edits, and I was left feeling misunderstood and frustrated. I know that many of you have also had letters published in comic letter sections over the years. Has it been your experience as well? Not just that your letters get edited, this is, of course, a necessary part of publication, but that your intended meaning was twisted into something else. Um, I was, to answer his question, I was a bit of a letter hack for a while there. Uh, I was published in, like, X Men and. Um, a lot. <laughs> I got published in Dr. Fate a lot when no one was reading it. Um,
1: That's probably the best way to get published, though.
2: Right. Well, you know, I, did, I think I did target a book that no one was reading so that I'd get printed more often. Uh, it got printed in Suicide Squad, a few different places. Um, honestly, I don't remember my letters ever getting any major editing. It was all uh, pretty much what I wrote made it into the publication. Um, but, you know, I've certainly, Brubaker had a very bad experience with that. You had a bad experience with that. Rob, did, were you
1: ever a letter hack? I did write in, but I never got published uh, The closest I ever got was I had stuff published in Amazing Heroes Which we mentioned mm. And my name is listed uh, Back in the original Justice League book um, oh. they, they used to List the names of everyone Who wrote in And mm-hmm. for, in Jle number 250 I'm at the first name on that list So like the fact that I got list, listed in my all-time favorite series Was, was kind of a, a cool thing Even though the letter didn't get printed
2: That's okay, that's really cool I mean, it was probably a different Rob Kelly than you, because it's a common name. But you know, still, hey. Oh, I so also I also run under the pen name Russell Burbage. <laughs> I was just gonna say, you know, I know little Russell Burbage um, from Daxom got published quite a few times. Yes, he did. So you know, it'd be so. Anyway, leave us some thoughts in the comments, folks, for Mark about whether you ever got published in a letter call and uh, if you got edited or not. I'd be interested to hear. Uh,
1: we from uh, got a message from SK Duke fifty two. He says, so I'm in the spirit of the Find Your Joy theme you guys have. I'm sitting here watching TV. When out of the blue. I remembered an awesome comic I read when I was younger and decided to hit up Midtown Comics website. The book is Bloodshot. It was a valiant comics book, comic book, and it was one hell of a bit of bloody fun. I ordered the first six of the original run from 92, and I'm excited as hell to read them again. Have you ever read Bloodshot or ever heard of Bloodshot or read it? If not, unless you're afraid of a little blood like Rob is. <laughs> I'll have you know S.K. Duke, if that is your real name, and it is not. Uh, I enjoy quite many uh, great horror grisly horror films, and I think I've seen more than you, smart guy. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Italian horror, which, as everyone knows, is really, really all about grinding bodies up and turning them into pulp. Um, I just don't like it in my superhero comics. So I'm not so much afraid of Little Blood. I just like it in its proper context. So, So, you know, stuff it.
2: By the way, our good buddy, SK Duke 52 he's also been very supportive of us over on Tumblr and Instagram, so I really want to say thank you for that. I do remember Bloodshot. I helped sell Bloodshot. I worked in a comic book store when Bloodshot came out. I remember the foilish chromium kind of cover. I remember the, the crazy, you know, fanboys going nuts for it. The Valiant guys were just so excited about it. I couldn't tell the difference between Bloodshot and Ray, because they, they look the same to me, with the red dots and the white skin and all that. Um, they're both like Anyway, so I I I must have read an issue at some point, but it didn't stick with me. Really out of the valiant books like Archer and Armstrong, I'd love that one. Um and there was maybe one other one I tried, I can't remember. But um so anyway, no. But Bloodshot, you know, hey, if if that's your joy, live in it, man. I'm so thrilled that you ordered the back issues of it and you're gonna reread it again, because that's what I want for people. Find something you love and revel in it, and that's awesome. Good for you, SK dude Fifty-two. All right, um, Mark's, by the way, he gave us his real name, but I refuse to call him that, so I'm just going because I, I know that's not his real name. I know SK Duke 52 is on his birth certificate, so I'm just sticking with that. Anyway, Mark Sweeney uh, wrote to us about the Haney episode. We got a lot of feedback on the Haney episode. He said, uh, I got a couple of those Superman and Batman Jr. stories, but I think it's the ones that are in action comics are written by Bob Kaniger, not Zany Haney. I've always skipped past them to get to the Legion stories in the back, but you've got me curious. I, I might go back and give them a shot. You should, man. Zany Haney, brother. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Kyle Benning, who's of the King Size Comics Giant Size Fun Podcast, which you should definitely check out. He's fun also, Show. What? I said Fun Show. It is. And, and he's also a member of the Legion of Super Bloggers. On the Haney episode, he goes, man, I love this metamorphos song. Good old Bob Haney. I would totally be on board for a monthly Zany Haney episode. Man, we, we, we've tapped something here.
1: <laughs> I don't know.
2: Then, um, then on the Blue Devil episode that Frank and I did, he says, "Yeah, Blue Devil, I love this character." I met Paris Collins a few years back, and man, did he have fond memories of this series. He is one hilarious, fun dude, and he really shines through. Um, and it really shines through in his work in a series. So true. He says, "It's always great to have Frank guest and talk about DC. It's a real special trait to, get, to hear Frank talk without also having to listen to his partner in crime, Mac, chime in with blatantly wrong opinions on everything." <laughs>
1: I totally I, agree with that.
2: And uh, I don't know who this Mac person is. I know him is not Frank One, but anyway, uh, he says, "Fan the flame and dance with the blue devil by the pale moonlight," so or in the pale blue light, pale moonlight. Um, and it, it would have worked a lot better if I hadn't screwed up that line. Sorry about that. Guys. Hold on. Heard from our buddy Oliver on the again the Haney episode, specifically about the Johnny Thunder story. He says incredible sense of depth in that Gil Kane splash page. Man, that Gil Kane work on the on the Johnny unbelievable. Thunder unbelievable. God, it was gorgeous. So good. I mean, I I really want to get my hands on some Johnny Thunder, um, Gil Kane stuff, because it looks great. Heard from Jeremy Riddle. He said, I was appalled at the lack of any significant pages, groups, blogs, etc. Dedicated to the most excellent Bob Haney, and I came across your podcast. Uh, He goes on to say, I've just launched a group on Facebook aimed at hopefully bringing some more attention to Zaney – I'm sorry, to to Haney and his work. And it's called – you can search for it on Facebook, folks. It's called Haney vs. The Brave and Bold Worlds of Bob Haney. Definitely give that a check out. Uh, And just uh, as a nice plug, Jeremy also is responsible for another group on Facebook called Super Gals, Heroines, and Villainesses of Page and Screen. Sounds like something perfect for Ange to check out except, oh, he's not on
1: Facebook. Thanks, Ange. I'm bitter. Apparently. Uh Michael Bailey regarding episode one ten. Who's from does the views from the long spot? Crisis of Crisis, Tales of the JSA, Batman's uh, the, the the Batman podcast that I guess it on at some point. So yeah, the guy <laughs> guy does a lot of podcasts. It's called that Batman Podcast, huh? I, I or, think it is. Or perhaps Bailey's Batman Podcast. It's something like that. Yeah. Uh, he said love the episode as always Bob Haney is a writer I enjoy Because of his out there plots and characterization To me he's the opposite of Robert Kaniger Who always seemed to be writing from beginning to end With no road map how to get there Haney had a roadmap. He's just going to show you all the reptile farms And roadside attractions on the way I could not I literally cannot think of a better way To distill to, to Bob Haney's skills as A writer than that And it's totally what he does You guys want to see the third largest ball of twine? Not really, Bob. Well, we're going like, to. I'm going
2: oh. show it to you whether you want to or not. Okay. By yeah. the way, Mike, uh, you mentioned Tales of the JSA. You guys really got to be checking. If you haven't listened to Tales of the JSA, now's the time to tune in. You don't have to start with Episode 1, guys. Jump in where they are right now. They are doing their coverage of Crisis on Infinite Earths, and it is so comprehensive. It's, it's unbelievably comprehensive and well worth your time. So definitely check it out. Him and Scott Gardner are doing a great job. Um, on the Aquaman and Firestorm year-in-review... I made a statement on the show talking about how awesome it was that Aquaman had two monthly books, Aquaman and Aquaman and the others. And I was saying, you know, outside of the big three, you know, or outside of, I'm sorry, outside of Superman and Batman, almost no one in the Justice League had managed this feat. I said Flash hadn't done it, you know, until fairly, until the 90s, Green Lantern didn't have two books. You know, Green Arrow's never had two books. Adam's never had any, I rattled all this off. Well, everyone kind of slapped me across the face because I forgot about this whole thing called the Golden Age. Um, which he goes in to say, and I thought Flash had two comics in the Golden Age. There was Flash comics, which ranged from 1938 to 1948, and all Flash, which ranged from 1941 to 1947. Were you specifically talking about the modern period? Basically what it was, Mike, is I just forgot about the Golden Age in general. Joe X followed it up and said, and if you count Comic Cavalcade, which starred Wonder Woman, Flash, and GL, they all had three books each. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yep. So... Mike goes on to say he finished the latest Fire and Water podcast this morning while getting ready for work. Shag and Rob were talking about the hot tub time machine to get old comics. Because does the whole can only use a time travel method once thing from after crisis still apply? I had totally forgotten about that. In post-crisis, you could only use a time machine to get to a certain place one time. It was this weird thing where you could never use a time machine to go to that same time again. So I guess it was just their way of controlling stories from getting too out of hand. They're worried about zany Haney's out there, I guess, as writing stories. Then, let's see, on the Firestorm and Aquaman uh, new creative team episode, uh, oh, this is just in general, he says, Finding my joy, trademark Jack trademark, Matthews and Rob Kelly, lately has been Marvel-related and so damn fun. I think I told you, Rob, that I got into Marvel Digital Unlimited. Yes. Oh, my God. I am so in love with Marvel Digital Unlimited. I have read so many comics in the last two weeks. Just Oodles and oodles and oodles of comics through the Marvel Digital Unlimited app. I am so in love with that. I cannot endorse it enough, guys. It is Netflix for comics. I wish so bad that DC had a model like this, but they don't. So take advantage of it, guys. In fact, you can get the first month free right now on Marvel Digital Unlimited. If you go to – I think it's marvel.com slash Star Wars. You can get the first month free. You guys should definitely check this out. In fact, they just added – You remember? Remember? Previously, we talked about how um, Marvel got the license to all Star Wars comics. Like they, we thought they had the license to Dark Horse stuff. They just added 500 Star Wars comics (laughs) to Marvel Digital Unlimited. Most of it's Dark Horse. Um, They added, uh, you know, obviously their own original Marvel series, but they've added like tons of Dark Horse stuff, and it's all there on the app. And if you, you know, have a subscription, it doesn't cost you anything extra. So, woo! I'm right there with you, Mike. Marvel's my Marvel's my jam right now. Right. I heard from Darren and Ruth Sutherland, who are, if I have this right, Rob, they're the Aquaman Shrine convention correspondents. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Uh, on the Bob Haney episode, they say, is the portrayal of Wonder Woman and Supergirl in this issue offensive? Definitely. In spite of this, is the story still fun? Absolutely. Do you think the absurd way that Wonder Woman and Supergirl were acting was intended as social commentary? Nope. It was just typical zany Haney in my opinion. So I, I hope that was uh, Ruth responding. I don't know if that was Ruth or Darren, but I'm going to hope that that was Ruth.
1: Uh, regarding the Plastic Man episode, uh, Ruth slash Darren says, "I don't consider myself a big Plastic Man fan, but never mind. But never mind the character when he turns up. I had never seen the animated series, but decided to look it up on Amazon and snag the complete series for eight dollars. Oh my gosh! Free shipping. I'll let you know what I think. I would like to hear that. <laughs> I haven't seen Plastic. I haven't seen the Plastic Man cartoons in, in quite a long time. So, it'll be interesting to see how well they hold up if they hold up at all." Uh, We got a comment from someone who just put their name as dot, dot, dot. Yeah. That's that's all I could find. Okay. Uh, regarding Plastic Man, fun episode. Platt's has also appeared in Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Strikes Again as a member of Batman's team. In it, Batman postulates that Yale O'Brien is immeasurably powerful and absolutely nuts. Uh, I had completely forgotten that, that Plastic Man is in Dark Knight Strikes Again and so had Max. Even if I had remembered, I was not going to go back and read it. Right. So uh, <laughs> there it is. Um, but I have to I have to say something about the Plastic Man episode. It is the single most popular, in terms of downloads, uh, episode of the Fire and Water podcast ever. Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, even more so than episode one? I think it's I, – I I haven't checked episode one in a long time, so it may be less than episode one. But episode one has also been around for three and a yes. half years. Yeah. But in terms of like every show in the last two years, it is the most popular show. I don't understand. Not that it wasn't a fun show, but I just didn't had any idea that like a guest show or one about such a character that's not even the focus of our show would be so popular. And yet it just keeps gaining – in downloads. so People love Plastic Man. People love Plastic Man or Rax Romero or both.
2: As, as my mom calls him, Rubber Man.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: She's just like, oh, I remember Rubber Man from the comics. I'm like, I love you, Mom. Yeah. You're awesome. All right. I heard from our buddy Martin Gray who runs a blog called Too Dangerous for a Girl – uh, we talked about the Bob Haney Showcase, and in that e- episode, there was a bad guy named Multiface, who was just a weird, weird villain. And he writes, I do like that Multiface took fashion tips from Colossal Boy. And he shared a picture of uh, uh, with us of Colossal Boy from his early Legion days, and I'll be damned, it, his costume does look just like Multiface's. <laughs> <laughs> then on the Aquaman of first from Year in Review, he said, never mind, it- oh, this is, this is going back to that whole thing about uh, how superheroes having more than one book. Uh, that I talked about just a few minutes ago. Never mind, Adventure Comics. Wonder Woman headlined her own book and the original Sensation Comics for a good decade. Um, yeah,
1: okay. So again, I screwed up. Thanks, thanks for that. Want some salt? Regarding the Plastic Man episode again. Hey, is Plastic. Could as Hey, as Plaz could become a speedy drill and the like Perhaps he had super speed and vitality And doesn't Plastic need a high temperature to stretch? Where's John Byrne to over-explain when you need him? I'm happy (laughs) but just thinking It's Plastic Man The reality check's idea was clever But I wasn't keen Plaz isn't crazy And who the heck was Bats to tell another hero how to live his life?
2: (laughs) We're going to get into this in just a few minutes But I'll tell you I'm not a big Plastic Man fan I think I told you this once before I'm not a huge Plastic Man fan at all and yet, I really, really enjoyed your episode with Max and, and, and you. Well, Max, I know, that... Max
1: knows this stuff, so he was oh, a yeah. very good guest. Yep. So,
2: I mean, it's a shame you were on it, but I mean, I, I enjoyed it still anyway. It is
1: a shame that I am on this show. It's true.
2: It is <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Got a message from Dan Mishkin. If that name rings a bell, it should. Because he's one of the uh, one half of the duo that wrote the fire. I'm sorry, the the Blue Devil and Amethyst comics in the 1980s. Yeah, that damn Michigan, That's what I'm talking about. He said he put, he posted on his own Facebook wall. He said, "Blue Devil fans and maybe friends from the real world who don't read comics and might have wondered what the heck I actually do." would be interested in this podcast review of the very first Blue Devil story by Gary Cohn, Paris Collins, and me, with all of us being kept out of trouble by Alan Gold. The podcast also contains news I had not heard yet, that the first 18 issues of Blue Devil will be collected in a black and white showcase presents paperback this spring, and I especially enjoyed Shag's dramatic reading of the blurbs from the cover and the final page. (laughs) Somebody gets me. Somebody gets me. Um, Dan's a great guy. I, I interviewed Dan and Gary several years ago for my Once Upon a Geek blog. Such a nice guy. Now, uh, I wanted to specifically get to this piece because he talks about the Showcase Presents that I talked about. Sadly, it looks like DC has canceled it. Uh, the Showcase Presents was announced back in August. Hmm. And all, you know the announcement was legit. They really did announce it. But there has been not a peep from DC since. And all the other books they announced back in August have been scheduled. So near as I can tell, they have either canceled it or delayed the Blue Devil Showcase, which absolutely shatters my heart in half. Um, and it almost makes me want to just forgive up podcasting and comic books forever. Um, it's just it's a crime. So, it's uh very disappointing. So, you know what? Folks write to your congressman see if you can get Blue Devil collected, okay? <laughs> Heard from Michelle fief who is another name you might recognize. He is a writer of Mar- of some Marvel titles including Ultimate uh one of the Ultimate um, One of the ultimate titles. I can't remember which one. I'm so sorry, Michelle. I forgive me. But he also does his self-published Copra book, which you should check out. Anyway, uh, Michelle wrote in on Blue Devil. He said, Paris Collins doesn't get enough love. He's great. Also had no idea about the Ditko-Blue Devil connection. That's right. Steve Ditko was sort of tapped to be the original Blue Devil artist, and he didn't want anything to do with it. Heard from our buddy Jack Dower. Now, we hadn't heard from Jack Dower in many, 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 many months. As you know, uh, probably Jack is in an insane asylum in Gotham. And he is not allowed many visitors. He's usually in lockdown. And uh, he apparently has been able to get a hold of our podcast again. He's been writing in. Uh, so here's one of his letters on the Blue Devil one. He says, I have seen Blue Devil's 80s costume in Shag's right. It looks a little silly. Seeing how I'm a huge fan of the, w- of the waddling master of foul play, silly looking's not really a drawback for me. Frank has a point. This is a comic book. It is true that certain designs only work in comics or animation. But should that automatically rule out their use? Arrow and Flash have given different looks to characters that you don't see mimicked in the comics. Shag has a point, though, that it may be uh, may not be viable in today's comic market. So why do you? Um, so why not do it as a digital weekly at 99 cents an issue, like Batman 66? This title represents a different time in DC Comics and has been si- and uh, has been successful. Do you think a 99 cent digital weekly could breathe the fun back into Blue Devil, or would you try something different? Um, to answer your question, Jack. I mean, would I love to see a 99-cent, super fun, Blue Devil 86 book? Oh, yeah. That would be phenomenal. Do I think DC, A, has an interest in it? No. Do I think DC has the ability to produce it nowadays? I don't know that they do. Um, They don't do a lot of fun comics anymore. And especially fun superhero comics that aren't a straight-up pastiche of a TV show, like Batman 66 is. I don't know if pastiche is the right word. But either way, I... I, I don't know. I don't think it could happen, and it makes me sad, and the very fact that this could have happened and, and now isn't, you know, even thinking about it breaks my heart a little more. Thanks, Jack. That that really hurts.
1: <laughs> Regarding the Plastic Man episode, he says, I am a huge Plastic Man fan. I agree about the many changes he has gone through. I pretty much enjoy something about all of them. Hula Hula in the cartoon on the cartoon show was hugely influenced by the great Lou Costello. Do you think the creation of Woozy Winks is also influenced by him? Uh, I guess we'd have to consult Max on that, but I would lean towards saying no, because Plastic Man and Woozy first appeared in 1941, and Evan Costello did not break big until, like, 1940. And even then, it took a little while. Like, Buck Privates was their first big hit, and that was right around that time. So I think a a more likely uh, inspiration for Woozy Winks was W.C. Fields. W.C. Fields was also heavy and wore a similar, at times, pork pie hat. Bet Woozy Wear, so I'm I'm going to bet that it's uh, more WC Fields than Lou Costello.
2: That seems believable. Hmm. I could, yeah, I could buy that. Uh, Jack went on to say, "Ahoy, fleet commanders! I've come to." I have come to Skipper Shag's defense on his more in-depth reviews. The Firestorm books he is reviewing are not as readily available as the Aquaman books that Commander Kelly reviews. Therefore, we need Shag to paint a more complete picture for us. This is an audio medium and we cannot see the books he's covering. In Commander Kelly's case, a 10,000-foot recap is appropriate and possibly even preferable. Less spoilers for those who have not gotten to this week's stack of books or ha- or had some greedy guard intercept them at mail call. Darn you, Carl. So his question is, uh, I've been reading the New 52 Futures. And it has a female firestorm. The Fantastic Flash show has has a male firestorm. Shag, do you think that the female fire? What do you think of the female firestorm? And do you think uh, we will get a traditional one back after Convergence? Um, To answer your question there, uh, what do I think of the female firestorm? I think Madison Payne and Jason Rush are a very interesting combination. I think they have a lot of merit. I would prefer to see them as a second firestorm duo rather than the, the only firestorm. I'd rather see like a Ronnie Professor Stein Madison. Uh, jason rush for like two firestorms out there i'd prefer to see that uh than losing a ronnie professor version i I think she's great but being that it's an alternate timeline in the future i don't see how they're going to bring her in around i don't know how they can make that work and um what do i think is going to happen at the end of convergence i have no idea because there is not a peep of firestorm anywhere in fact uh one of our buddies asked dan jurgens would firestorm make an appearance in convergence and dan said no so, no far from Convergence, and there's no sign of him after Convergence, so I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, given that he's going to be leading a friggin' series, a TV series, you think they'd do something? I mean, heck, Flash got a, has his own, you know, comic book based on the TV show, so I don't know. There should be something out there, but I haven't heard a Peep, which is very disheartening. But it's okay, maybe it'll all be in the Slipknot book, so. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, uh, Richard Lord Taylor is doing the second greatest performance of the perfidious parasol plunderer ever. So, clearly he's enjoying Gotham. Heard from Negative Steve Mandel on the Blue Devil episode. He says, fun episode. I read the entire run of Blue Devil when it was first published and always loved the character. Shag wanted us to leave negative comments about Frank. Well, I have nothing bad to say about him. Any comment I have... Um, I make is negative by definition, so everybody wins. because a reminder, it is negative Steve Mandel. So there you go. Well played, sir. Well played. Heard from Jeffrey R on the Blue Devil episode. I enjoyed Blue Devil straight through to the end. But yes, that first annual was a high point, one of my favorite comics from that year, and thus from all time, because that year was 1985, and it was quite a year for comics in general. Uh, Bradley Null backed everybody up as well, saying it's one of his favorite heroes, Bert Bernard. Uh, suggested that we should do uh, an occasional Phantom Stranger Blue Devil podcast, which would be kind of interesting. Uh, Bill B. Bill BB Netman, Bailey, said, It was so awesome that Blue Devil was introduced in a Firestorm comic. I read his series as well and always liked the stuntman angle. It was a cool angle, I agree. Heard from Alexander Osias. Uh, He did one of those iTunes reviews earlier on the Firestorm Aquaman new creative team one. He talked about um, the Aquaman new creative team. He says, I didn't know about the creative team shift, and I'm of two minds. I do like the current team, talking about parker and pelletier but i like cullen bunn's work also mostly on six gun so Hmm. there you go someone who's supporting six gun that's great
1: he asks uh any chance we'll get to hear rob in a short pickup superheroes game in the future always been curious to see what kind of gamer he'd have been genre fiend min maxer pro from dover i have no idea what any of those mean so (laughs) I'll, i'll 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 say uh genre friend I'll tell you what he I'll tell
2: you what he would be because you know Alexander's a, a a big role player. Rob would be the kind of guy that would go. He rolls the dice. What do you mean I missed? I don't think Aquaman, I don't think Aquaman would miss. That's not how his powers work.
1: <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, I think that. It's like,
2: but that's what the dice did, Rob. Okay. Well, I, I don't care what the dice say. All right. Heard from uh, Dale that Russell. That sounds like hun- me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Heard from Dale Russell on the Blue Devil episode I'd like to see an update with this uh, I would like to see an update with the same flavor The new 52 version did not quite do it for me Talking about Blue Devil And Dale, you're dead on man That Blue Devil version in the new 52 Was not good I'll, I'm sorry. It, concept was great. Black and blue, loved that idea. Execution, very, very much not good. Uh, David Sopko, one of our buddies from the Legion of Superbloggers, says that uh, about Blue Devil, he goes, My fave is the annual, also one hell of a fun book. Um, real quick on the Blue Devil thing, I, I do want to say, Frank and I really enjoyed doing that. And there are a couple of guys out there, that are working on a Blue Devil podcast for this summer. And, guys, I love you both. If you don't get off your ass and get it done, I'm going to do more Blue Devil because I want to talk about it or I want to hear about it. So that's my threat to hopefully push you guys into making this happen.
1: All right. Anthony Durso, a.k.a. The Toy Room, who makes these genius custom Mego boxes. Uh, By the way, before we get to his letter, he did a couple of Who's Who-related boxes uh, for Migos, and and they were based on the Who's Who art. So, really? did, Yeah, he did one of Captain Marvel, one of Batman, and one of Aquaman. They were absolutely genius. And they had like the yellow dot pattern on the inside. <gasps> they're just – they're works of art. They're oh, my worth, gosh. They're works of art, yeah. you got to grab those scans and send them to me. We'll talk about them the next few say, I ran them on the Aquaman Trine if you would read it. But I guess you don't. What, That's fine. What What website? Very, very good, very good. Uh, he wrote, Regarding episode 120, Tales of the Cubert School, the JKS was where I wanted to go when I graduated high school in 1985. It was all I talked about. As proof, ask my brother, who Joe Kubert was, and he'll tell you he didn't even collect comics. As well as the small-mindedness of my mother and the guidance counselors who couldn't be sold in the idea of a school devoted strictly to cartooning and comic illustration. What? Unheard of. <laughs> Instead, I was shuttled off to community college and enrolled in the advertising, production, and design program because, according to everyone but me, it was the same thing as what I was interested in. The college counselor even tried to convince me by letting me know he had heard of Stan Lee. What the F? Needless to say, I was miserable, skipped class, lost financial aid, and my dream. It wasn't until I married nine years later that I went back to college as a graphic design major. The old AP and D terminology have fallen by the wayside. It's not all doom and gloom. You'll be happy to know that in an alternate reality, I'm publisher at DC Comics, and the New Fifty Two never happened. <laughs> I like Earth Two Chris's follow-up because I would like to subscribe
2: to reality <laughs> to your reality, Anthony.
1: You're a couple of people away from a cult. Um <laughs> Max Romero uh, from It's Plastic Man blog wrote in regarding the Plastic Man episode. He says uh, – That's kind, kind of meta. Kind of double <laughs> dipping really. He says, unfortunately, we weren't able to get everything Plastic has been featured in. We forgot to mention his hostess ad, and I didn't even get to his never-published daily strip. So I appreciate you guys filling in some of the blanks. Yeah, I I don't know if Plastic Man – like. Could maybe fill a second episode, although considering how popular that episode was, maybe we should do it. But I would love to have gotten to some of that other stuff. I I was personally mad we forgot about the hostess ad, just because I love the hostess ads and that that deserved a mention. So sorry about that, Max.
2: Our buddy Zoom Yukinori followed up, he goes, I know I have a copy of that Plastic Man movie script somewhere, and he found it on a website called scifiscripts.com, and you just search for Plastic Man out there, and he goes, from what I gleaned, this does match the draft copy I was given by an old contact I had at Warner Brothers. Pretty cool. Robert Gross followed up on the Plastic Man episode and said, so who would win in a fight, Plastic Man or Mr. Fantastic? That's a naughty question. And Oscar oh Oscar day, said, make it a two versus two with a longer demand in the new Mrs. Marvel, which is Kamala Khan. And the Stephen uh, SK Duke 52 came in and said, they just get tied in knots. <laughs> I love this. I love you guys. You're so funny. Uh, Justin, who goes by Gorfopedia over on Twitter, out in the Plastic Man episode, he said, Fire and Water podcast sure has given me a greater appreciation of Plastic Man. Then, uh, let's see, Craig Lives Here uh, says... It w- is it weird that I want "That Time Is Now" by Michael Kohler for the end credits of the Justice League movie? No, no Craig. No, it's not. not <laughs>
1: it's perfect. <laughs> uh, Michael Chasquiero wrote in regarding the episode one seventeen, Firestorm eighteen, Aquaman thirty eight. Things got in the way in recent months. Mrs. Chasquiero and I had twins. That'll do it. Congratulations, Congratulations. Michael. Congratulations. Zana Jana. So I fell behind on <laughs> Aqua Parker. I recently picked up the last two issues, but haven't read them yet. So I'll admit I skipped a bit of a recap. <laughs> but enjoyed hearing that you once again found it to be a blast. I need to find the previous issues I'm missing, thirty-five, thirty-six before digging into thirty-seven, thirty-eight. So I'm bummed Parker and the art team are leaving, so I want to enjoy these final issues. And I repeat, can we get a Paul Pelletier-Drawn Mira series, please? That would be nice. That would be very nice.
2: That would be very nice. I uh, heard from our, my buddy Roy Cleary, and uh, this is a uh, follow-up to the Fury of Firestorm number 19 episode, the one with... Um, Jerry Conway and Gene Colan creating the Goldenrod character, who's very much like Floronic Man. And he said, "By the way, Batman number three forty four was by Jerry Conway, and it's Batman versus Ivy, who creates a plant monster that resembles Goldenrod and Floronic Man. And the artist is Gene Colan. That's right. It's got a cover yeah, by. It's got a cover by Joe Kubert. I had that one as a kid. Yep. maybe they Maybe they they're stuck on something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe they wish they'd written Swamp Thing. I don't know." <laughs> Uh, we got a uh, message from David Gutierrez and regarding episode 118, Unite the Seven, Firestone debut, and he writes – oh, this was on Twitter. He says, at friend, I'm not Kelly hates the Highlander? Then you hate life, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> now, I should t- this show has already gone on way too long, but I, but I feel like I should mention this story because we didn't get to it at the Kubert's Call episode. I like the first Highlander movie perfectly fine. I don't love it the way a lot of people do. I'm that way with the Matrix too. I just I'm like I watched it. And I'm like, okay, I liked it. I didn't, you know, wasn't like, oh my god, it's the greatest thing ever. But all the guys from Cubert loved it. Like everybody like the, all the guys that uh, I went Highlander or Matrix. I'm sorry, Highlander. Yeah, uh, all the guys that I w- were in my class. Tom Zoller, my buddy Sean Tiffany, my other buddy Craig Patrick, and they all loved Highlander. So we all go see Highlander 2 <laughs> oh, in the theater cuz of course you're super excited it's Highlander 2. Now I'm the only one going into the theater with not a great love of Highlander. You know, I'm just like, okay, <laughs> fine. So like 2 minutes in, they get into the whole thing about the that it's all takes place on a or, you know, they're all from a far an alien planet. And you've got this whole row of guys going, "What the f?" And, and I'm the only one like like okay like I just accepted it at face value because oh I wasn't God. that offended by it because I didn't you know I wasn't like the first one of some sacred text but it was so funny I I still remember that sitting there with like seven or eight guys on the other side of me and every one of them was just pounding their fists they were so mad And I was like I was, like, simil- I was like, I, like I was like oh, oh okay it's still a terrible movie so. Oh, my gosh. I, I have a similar
2: story. Um, I don't know if I've told this one on the air before or not. But I have a buddy, at least back then in college, who he used to get in bar fights all the time. Oof. And so we called him Tanner. And, uh, oh, I don't right. You remember. mentioned him, yes. Yeah, Bad News Bears. The, the kid's got a black eye. That what happened to him? He got in a fight with who? The seventh grade. So, yeah, we call him Tanner. And uh, we go to see Highlander, too. And we do hold Highlander very very highly me and all my friends and they got to all that alien stuff and there's a part where he goes i'm connor mcleod from the planet zeist my buddy stands up in the theater and yells bullshit you're from scotland and everyone in the audience starts clapping wow i mean that's how much people hated this movie halfway through the entire audience had decided they hated this movie on opening night. Yep. So, anyway, David then uh, sends on Facebook a picture of this semi that on the side has been airbrushed a series of wildlife and Connor McCloud. Dressed up in his animal skins in our early, you know, warrior Highlander days with the castle in the background and everything. And David said, Rob, uh, I'm driving this to your house and Shag is my co-pilot. <laughs> Nothing says love like airbrushing on a car. It really, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's... That's the purest kind of love, I think. Anyway, uh, we heard from Professor Allen Allen Middleton, uh, or I prefer to call him Professor Allen Quartermain, from the Relatively Geeky Podcast. He says, uh, talking about Unite the Seven, as soon as I saw the movie image, I thought of the Seven Seas being Unite the Seven, whereas the rest of us kind of thought it was Unite the Seven Justice League members. So it'll be interesting to see which one's right. Yeah. Heard from Oscar Olele De again. He referred to our show as It's the Drogo and Not the Arrow One podcast. I like that. That's good. And then Avery Barnes says, I'm pleased Jason Momoa is Aquaman. My one-month-old na- one son's middle name is Oren. His mother was a competitive swimmer as well as his grandfather, Arthur, my father, and was a water polo and competitive swimmer as well. My next tattoo will be trident blades down my chest.
1: Oof. Avery's a hardcore dude. He's pretty cool. So uh, I think it's awesome. I Got a message from Glenn Lutty from uh, episode regarding episode one eighteen, United Seven. I'm glad Rob Zombie got into the superhero game. <laughs> really shows range that he's not just a hack director with limited ability. He's going to rock as Aquaman. As far as the other guy, I haven't warmed to the Flash series. Love Arrow though. Really, I haven't
2: warmed to. The, wow, you're one of the few people I've, I've come across that haven't warmed to the Flash. So heard from Van Z, who's uh, who's uh, also goes by Al Gurdon, but I don't believe either one of those are his real name. He says, I don't know if I'm softening in my old age, but I got a kick out of the Jason Momoa Aquaman picture. I, it was one of those, I was one of those who didn't like Man of Steel look for Superman. Then when Affleck was named as Batman, I thought, oh, crap, here we go again. But the photo of him as Batman wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Then I had seen the Wonder Woman picture, and I thought, hey, that could work. Now I was, now I was pleased with the Momoa picture was released. Maybe they're wearing me down because I seem to like each one more than the last. Now with Flash, Arrow, and the future spin off show, I'm full-on giddy. I hope they keep supplying us with great characters from the comics. And is it way too early for me to say this? But I want Firehawk! So, that was, oh my god, that'd be so cool to have Firehawk. So, but it's nice to hear someone's excited about the Momoa picture. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's, what we, that's what we need to hear. We need to hear that positivity, you know? Uh, I heard from Daniel Cynical Adams, who's in the band Bad Mama Jammas and also the band Carter Road. He says, I'm totally not convinced Arthur will be a raging namor Though I think he'll have outbursts, but will mostly be com- a composed fair monarch. I think the solo film will get into the impetuousness of his youth, but the JLA and BVS version will be the mature version. I hope you're right. That sounds like uh, I like that summation, Daniel. Daniel's always kind of got his thumb on the uh, the pulse of the movies. Also, he's pretty pretty in tune with that. So, heard from our buddy Buck Roulette. Buck Roulette. Uh, uh, Also, huge supporter by the way. Really appreciate everything he does for us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. On the Unite the Seven episode and the Firestorm debut on Flash. He says, I was just as giddy as Shag when I saw Firestorm on the Flash. That show was so good, and I love that they're really championing Firestorm on the show. Then he tweeted that this is really a who's who comment, but I just loved it. He uh, On Instagram, he posted a picture of these four bottles of Angry Orchard Hard Cider Sinful Apple, and they appear to be empty. And he says, this is how I'm spending my Sunday. Also listening to the Firewater and Water podcast. Love those guys. Hashtag who's who. <laughs> Heard from my buddy, Jose Rivera on again the Unite the Seven Firestorm debut episode, because I'm listening to the episode where you guys talk about the Momoa as Aquaman and, and uh, I'm at least happy to hear some positivity. It seems anytime a DC movie still or rumor comes out, people are ready to jump up and jump down its throat, nitpick it to death and then declare why Marvel's better and why DC is stupid for even trying. As a DC fan, it's annoying. Personally, I don't mind the look of Momoa because he reminds me of the Peter David version and we haven't really seen his look, entire look. We got a waist up shot and that's it. We live in an odd culture where apparently a movie is either epic or fail based on one publicity still. Come on. And I said, this is why I love listening to your show. Even if one of you isn't thrilled with something, you still say you're going to give it a shot a chance. And it's not, um, there's not enough of that going around. And I wish there was yeah. right back there with positivity. Thank you very much. We appreciate that, Jose. Heard from Aaron Moss, our buddy who does the Head Speaks podcast and Task Force X podcast. That's harder to say than you would think. Task Force X podcast. He says uh, about Firestorm on Flash. Firestorm was so fucking awesome. I've had to rewatch this scene a couple of times. I've left those two episodes on, of Flash on my DVR so I can get a flat Firestorm fix every so often. And then over on the um, a Facebook group called Unite DC Comics. He po- he was out there uh, promoting this. He said, uh, your best bet is to follow Shag's advice, find your joy, and read books that make you feel good and you enjoy. Truer words are never spoken. I appreciate that. They, uh, the, the Keep beating the find your joy drum, folks. It's more people need to enjoy this hobby. Tim Wallace, uh, who does Court Industries, the Legion of Superbloggers, and he's helping right over on Firestorm Fan. He does our Futures and Recaps. He says, um, on the uh, Unite the Seven episode, he goes, Well, I personally love the Peter David Aquaman. I am 100% okay with the Momoa shot we got. I know some have their concerns and doubts, and I respect that. I think we all need to keep something else in mind, though. We're looking at a picture. This is uh, very similar to Jose's thoughts. A single static image. Until we see that in motion and with delivery and dialogue, and in a story context, it's hard to tell what we'll really get. Beyond that, it's a kick-ass costume and trident from Craig McDonald, also in the same episode. He says, as for Superman Returns, getting a lot of hate, it was a pretty bad movie. It makes no sense in terms of continuity. Mind you, I'm not the biggest Smallville fan either, but Superman Returns was a mess. Lois got pregnant and didn't know who the father was until the kid threw a piano across the room and killed a guy? Brandon Routh made for a great Superman, though not a great Clark Kent. Interesting that Craig would say all that, because I actually felt like he was a better Clark Kent than he was a better Superman, or at least uh, echoing uh, Christopher Reeves' portrayal, but you know, I... The recent episode on the aliens episode or franchise episode, I should say, where you and Mike talked about Superman Returns, yes, briefly. You, yeah. Well, yeah, but you mentioned your favorite scene in that episode in part of any superhero movie was the rescuing the plane scene. Yes, yep. And you know that wasn't in the original script. They came up with that kind of last minute. Really? Yeah.
1: And it, it's amazing. What, what the hell it is was the, best the script part of the movie? Yeah. What the hell was in the script then? Good lord.
2: Kids throwing pianos across the room. I guess.
1: Yeah. Jeez. See.
2: Yeah. So I I think that kind of helps defend or prove the point that it's not that good of a movie. (laughs) Um, Zoom Yukinori, who uh, does stuff for comic book resources at the line it is drawn about the Bob Haney episode, because this is really a tale of female empowerment for both Supergirl and Wonder Woman, who decide for themselves to go against Superman's chauvinistic ideal for them to be superheroes. And they do this by choosing to act weak and feminine so they can be attractive and ideal women to two obviously chauvinistic Frenchmen, and later they realize that in their hearts they're really are supposed to be heroines and thus choose for themselves to give up their preferred male chauvinist ideals to follow Superman, essentially? I need to track down this issue and read it for myself. I must be missing something here. In any case, I wish that I could kiss my, a kiss like that Andre fellow just so I could give my wife the same mind-numbing snogging that she's able to plant on me. Aw, that's so sweet, Zoom. And he says, congratulations on the Fire & Water podcast announcement of F&W Books. Shag, now you need to, now you need to write a book.
1: Pull your own weight. Hashtag. <laughs> yeah, Shag, don't do that. Uh regarding oh. regarding I I've been through the pain. Don't don't do it. Oh. Uh yeah, no I wasn't trying to knock you. Uh for once. Episode 114 regarding <laughs> Plastic Man. He says some other unseen plastic man projects include the live action feature movie in the mid 90s which was discussed previously with a script by the wachowski brothers as they were then known in 1995 as chris mentioned about paul Rubin's considered for the role as well as a cartoon network plastic man series that started tom Kenny, great spongebob squarepants himself um his first portrayal of plastic man that predates Blair in the bold and dc nation the pilot episode of the cartoon is one of the extras in the plastic man dvd complete series set see so plastic man's always ar- always around hovering in the background somewhere uh, regarding Yeah, regarding his Cube, the Cubert School episode, he says so we will see will we so we will we see any photos of your Joe, Joe Cubert School works you both mentioned in the podcast on this Tumblr. I would love to see the two album covers in particular. I thought I had all that stuff scanned in, but I do not. Um and I I think I have a box of some old Cubert assignments at my parents' house and back in, you know back in my old room. So I gotta go dig those out, see if I can find them. But they if they're not there, then they're lost to the mists of time, which would make me sad, especially the, the, the Dylan album cover that I mentioned. So I will check it out and see if, if, if I can find some stuff. If I can, I will put it on the Tumblr.
2: I tell you what, folks. Um, my wife was reading a just, – just talking about your artwork. She was reading a Smithsonian Magazine, and she's flipping oh, yes. through it. And she's like, um, honey? And she shows me this amazing artwork. I, I don't remember the article. It escapes me right now. Was it was it a Norman Rockwell
1: woman? Yeah, it was, it was a – about Norman Rockwell, yeah.
2: Okay, and there's this amazing artwork inside the Smithsonian Magazine, and it says art by, or illustration by Rob Kelly. I mean, Rob is an amazing artist. I give him a lot of flack because he's a horrible human being. But artistically, <laughs> I mean, he's astonishing, guys. He's really, really talented. So Thanks. at least God gave him something. So um, Heard from our buddy Zeb Oswalt on the Tales of the Cuber School episode. It's a cool podcast as always. And it was pretty cool hearing uh, tales from the Cuber School. He goes, I did the mail by correspondence course they offered, but never physically went to the school. That must have been one heck of an experience. And he actually sent us a picture of his Joe Cuber's World of Cartooning Certificate of Completion. <laughs> I remember the ads for that. I'd yep. forgotten about those. Yep.
1: Uh regarding the Aliens episode he says, Cool podcast. Can't believe they're making an Aliens number five. I noted you all didn't talk about number four. Can't blame you. We did mention it a little. Uh it's just that it's to me it's very forgettable. Aliens three Alien three is less forgettable. It's actually to me a worse movie in a lot of ways, but it's more it's a more interesting bad movie. Alien four was just it just evaporated out of my head the minute I left the minute I left the theater, so I will say, I think you guys gave short shrift to the
2: uh, AVP movies. Not that they're necessarily good, but they did But they did something worthwhile in that they broke away from the formula of Ripley. They did. They did. And, they, and basically, you know, there's room in this universe to tell other stories, and that's what they did. They mm-hmm. told other, you know, just a, an action, you know, horror story. And it was like, okay.
1: You know, so. Oh, I remember no, when I the, when, when the face hugger head shows up in Predator Two. It was super exciting. I was like, "Wow, cool! Yes. They're going to cross this over." And then they just made a bunch of crap movies after. There's
2: that scene of the girl by the pool though in the second movie, which is pretty amazing? But anyway, um, just trying to stay, play the character. That's all. Uh, Mark Irwin wrote in about the Tales of Cubert Stor- uh, Tales of Cubert School episode. He was listening to the QB podcast and now really fun class of '95 here. Mark Irwin. All right. Cool. All right. Yep heard from our buddy Diablo Frank. I use the term buddy loosely. Uh, he is part of the Rolled Spine Network. He, on there, he does the Marvel Superheroes podcast. He does the Idle Head of Diablo podcast. They're doing a new one. Oh shoot, I meant to write down the name of it. It's. Um the undermarket or something like that is about, but they're doing a new podcast about independent books. So yeah, definitely go over there and check that out and um, mock them openly, please on our episode of 111, which was about the year in review episode. He goes, I've been meaning to do a year in review episode of the idol head of Diablo podcast edition that covers all of his major comic book and media appearances in 2014, which would be justice league Canada supporting player there. If you fellas could please read this letter on the air, it would fulfill that audio component of the 2014 Martian Manhunter Retrospective Podcast. Your wish is my somewhat command. So, done. On the Blue Devil episode, he wrote in – actually, this is interesting. We got a tweet about the Blue Devil episode from the Rolled Spine Podcast Twitter feed. And I don't know if that's Frank or not Frank 1 that wrote this tweet, but but it's wrong in so many levels. It's probably Frank 1 then. (laughs) not frank one uh he says love the show wish uh diablo frank would stop interrupting rob all the god god to goddamn time and then hashtag dick (laughs) it does sound more like not frank one wrote that but uh (laughs) you can never tell so i wouldn't put it best frank writing a comment about against himself too he's self-loathing is really bad i mean he's 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 got a he's got a problem but anyway um On the Plastic Man episode, I wanted to read this comic specifically because this sums up my feelings on why I don't like Plastic Man. So uh, Frank and I parallel our lives in many ways, which makes me sad, and I cry in my pillow at night. Anyway, he says, in my childhood, to my recollection, I found no superhero more loathsome than Plastic Man. This was entirely due to the animated series, whose live-action host came off as a smarmy slime ball, and whose cartoons were filled with the offspring. Off-putting likes of hula hoop or hula hula penny and friggin' baby plaz. I hated his stupid powers, the simplistic half-a-costume, and the tongue-in-cheek tone. So, I—that's exactly the same reason I don't like Plastic Man. And I realize there's a lot of great stuff out there, but it just – it soured me on the character. Now, he goes on to talk here further. He says, this what turned my opinion 180 degrees around was the Arch Spiegelman's Jack Cole and Plastic Man. It wasn't until I read that that I realized Jack Cole's pliable paladin was one of the finest and most timeless strips produced in the golden age of comics. Like with, like with most properties DC purchased from other publishers, the – the new management so absolutely misunderstood the nature and appeal of their acquisition as to it appears for all intents and purposes to actively sabotage their own efforts. Um, that's pretty true about a lot of their acquisitions. Yeah, it is. it is. Then he says DC buried the rights so deep in their vaults that their own editors didn't know the character was available to them. Julie Schwartz has said that Elongated Man only existed because he was unaware DC owned Plastic Man. That's insane. I didn't know that. There's a history?
1: Yeah, there's a history of DC not knowing they own the rights. There's that story about DC had the rights to publish James Bond comics in the 60s and they didn't know it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. See what happens when you don't have computers.
2: Oh my gosh. Uh, Jack, (laughs) Jack Cole had a rare, enviable ability to combine dark adult storytelling elements with legit kid friendly appeal to create a satisfying, truly all ages reading experience. He's somewhat married to the madcap anarchy uh, I'm sorry, yeah, he's, so much married, he's somewhat married to the madcap anarchy of Looney Tunes to the grotesque criminals of Dick Tracy, creating a strip that worked as both straight action adventure and askew, surrealistic comedy. Wow. That's some deep commentary there. Um, episode 18, 118, which was uh, Unite the Seven, He uh, says, I don't think I've ever discussed Fires from the Nuclear Man with Not Frank One. Now I'm curious. Oh, I really hope he doesn't talk about Fires from with Not Frank One. Not, not Frank One is the potty mouth one who just trashed uh, Aquaman's. So I, I oh, that, right.
1: I okay. Yeah.
2: Then another tweet from Rolled Spine uh, Twitter account. Again, I'm going to assume this is from Not Frank One. He says uh, Fire and Water Podcast number 118 sees Firestorm fan discuss uh, Commander Blank's and Illegal Machine, which is Not Frank One, at the 57 minute mark. Yeah, whatever. We have a Hulk. <laughs> Which is actually pretty funny, considering they're a Marvel podcast. That's a pretty great comeback. So I give you I give you props. He probably had to like poll his audience and ask them for some help to write it. So good job, not nah, Frank One. Well done. Then um, on we mentioned before that uh, on April Fool's Day, the Rolled Spine Network for their Marvel Superheroes podcast released an episode of just you and I, Rob, <laughs> quotes from this show about Frank. <laughs> it's My in the favorite Super episode podcast. of the show. It is. It's like 17 minutes of you and me talking about the Marvel Super Heroes podcast that you just pulled from like seven or eight different episodes. It's the craziest, you know, most celebratory thing that Frank's ever done, and as you said, it's the best episode out there. Anyway, he and I had a private email going back and forth, and he should have know known better. I, would, I don't know
1: if I would say celebratory. The word I'm thinking <laughs> ends in batory, but not cela. but anyway.
2: Fair enough, fair enough. Now, Frank and I had a private exchange uh, back and forth, but he should have known better, and I'm going to use it against him on the air. Uh, and I was just telling, I was complimenting, and I thought it was so funny that he did that. And he goes, I wanted to collect all those misty, watercolored mementos of our two-sided nerd bullying with poor Aqua Rob caught in the middle like a wedge of loose meat at the edge of a bun in a sloppy joe that inevitably spills out onto the plate if it's lucky. The man has such a command of language. It's amazing. He should do something with that. That's
1: going to come back to haunt you, Frank.
2: Her from uh, Bo Johnson, he said, how's about a podcast detailing the DC implosion? And this was for Rob to read, not for me.
1: Yeah, I wonder why you just kept talking. Okay, fine. (laughs) See, that's a yellow highlight, not a green one. Uh, (laughs) Learn colors. Uh, It's one in the morning, I would love to do that show. It would probably require a lot of research, which means we're not going to do it. But I would absolutely (laughs) love to, because that's a really fun thing to explore.
2: Now, the other side is he asked for an episode on the history of the DC Universe, which we do have coming in the next month or two.
1: So, Something like that, yeah.
2: We we really need to get that done. Actually, we're supposed to get that done before Who's Who, so we got to kind of do that quick.
1: Yeah, Okay.
2: <laughs> we heard from our buddy John Godwin, who has just launched the Star Trek At Warp Speed podcast. And uh, he came out saying, you know, I think that the late 90s and early 2000s are my comic book joy. Superman Blue, Tangent, Kyle Rayner as Green Lantern, and Young Justice are some of my all-time favorite comics, and I still own full runs of each. You know what? He just named some really damn good comics. So I'm glad you found your joy, and a lot of it happens to parallel some of mine. So Heard from our buddy Boston Moss. Uh, he's been catching up on episodes. One of, his little, uh, one of his commentaries here is he says, as bad as Aquaman's rep has been, beaten up over the years, can't you guys find some other punching bags besides Northwind and Jericho? Way to set an example. Basically, he took us behind the woodshed and schooled us pretty good there. Now, that is a who's who comment, not so fire and water, but still. He makes a really fair point. Um, We get on people's case for making fun of Aquaman and yet we make fun of Jericho and Northwind quite a bit. So, I thought a lot about this, and I thought, you know what, he may have a point there, but then I thought, screw it, I don't care. Um, I'm, I'll be a nerd bully. And Aquaman's been around 70 years, Jericho's been around 30, and doesn't deserve to be around five, and <laughs> Northwind was really only around for like five years anyway, I don't think he's been published since, so you know what, they're gonna take it on the chin. Yeah,
1: I think that's where we're going with that. You back me up on that, bro? Um, I, I take his point. You should always punch up, not punch down. So, yeah, maybe we should pick on somebody else for a little while. Pick on Superman? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Cause that won't piss anybody off.
2: <laughs> Certainly At not. least we picked two targets that weren't going to make anybody mad. Well,
1: that's, <laughs>
2: well, five... that's true, yeah. <laughs> um, keep in mind, this is entertainment. And we do have to keep the listeners happy. We don't need to piss them off too much. We're not frank. We um, <laughs> heard from Jared West. He says uh, he, he'd done some 50-cent uh, diving, and he found this first issue special with Dr. Fate, and he asked if that's the one I mentioned a couple weeks ago. And sure enough, he loved it, and he read it, and he thought it was great. This is the one that's the Walt Simonson issue. That is so amazingly good. So I'm glad you found that DC Comics first uh, issue special. Glad you enjoyed it, buddy. That's awesome. Heard from our friend uh, Between the Pages. It's a Between the Pages blog. She said she bought her husband a t-shirt today that has both Aquaman and Firestorm on it. Which is the periodic table of superheroes t-shirt if you've seen it before. So not a lot of stuff has Firestorm and Aquaman on there. So that's nice. Heard from Gareth Oliver. He says, if Aquaman fans are uh, Aquanauts and Firestorm fans are matchheads. Are the Flash fans flashers? <laughs> I don't know. I have to put that out there to my buddy who runs the Flash podcast. I don't really know. That's, a, that's a pretty horrible to think about, though. <laughs> Heard from um, Matt Cody. He says, I've always been a comics fan, but your show has inspired me to follow the new 50. 50- by the way, uh, Matt's new to the show, and he's just started listening, and um, so he's, he's actually listening back on episode 24 right now. So he won't hear this for like five years. But uh, he says, I've always uh, been a comics fan, but your show has inspired me to follow the new 52 iterations of Aquaman and Firestorm in the trades. I've even ordered the Firestorm trade that collected his original series, thanks to the Origins episode that you guys did. I'm only at on episode 24, so I'm way behind, but I want to tell you guys you were doing a great job, and I look forward to many entertaining shows uh, that I'll get to listen to. So that's great. Thank you for that. I apologize in advance for episode 50. Um, Sorry about that Matt And you won't hear this for like I said about five years So by then you'll have already listened to episode 50 But there you have it
1: Uh, Before I move on to the next letter I do want to mention Matt uh, introduces uh, his letter By saying hi Shaggin and Robin uh, with an apostrophe, you know, like the you know no G's at the end. I have to say, just when I saw that Shaggin' and Robin sounds like to me like it would make a great movie in the seventies about two guys that like rob banks and nail hippie chicks in a van. Like that's the film that sort of occurs to me as I hear it. I, I want to see that movie now. You know, walkin' a walkin' a walkin' yeah exactly yeah, kind of, yeah, something like that yeah that would just, that would just that would just be awesome. Uh, anyway, we got an email from Neil. He, he sent this to me via Facebook, uh, Neil Whitney, regarding the Aliens episode. He said, just want to say that I love the Alien Fire and Water. I could have listened to it for another hour. Uh, I like your rewrites of Star Trek Generations, and now I feel like a true Star Wars and indie fan because I don't hate the prequels and Crystal Skull. There is one thing about the first Alien movie that, is, that I'd like to know is how did the company, Weyland-Yutani, know to send the Nostromo to check that crashed ship? How did they know there was something they wanted there enough to put ash on the crew instead of their regular science officer? Just wondering. Uh, two different theories on that, Neil, that I have. One is that they didn't know that, this, that, that maybe they start putting these robots on these ships just as a sort of a standard operating procedure in case they find something. And then the other one was that the whole thing is a setup, that somehow the whale you yutani know, found that signal, knew there was something out there, and the whole thing was a plant. Uh, I tend to think it was more the first thing that they just you know, for they're going to send these crews into deep space and they with the idea that maybe you will find something and if they do we're going to have this this sort of backstop which is the uh, evil android that nobody knows about but it could be other theories I don't know I'm not uh, I haven't delved too deeply into the uh, alien fan fiction. I have to tell you, <clears throat> tell you uh, I, meant to,
2: I meant to write in to the episode but I you know I'm not going to write to my own show um, that your fan fiction theory of how to do Star Trek Generations (laughs) blew my friggin' mind. I have often complained about Generations, and I have often talked about the things that are wrong with the movie, but I did not have a solution on how to make it right. And your idea of Captain Kirk going down, you know, blowing up, crashing, I should say, the Enterprise, and dying as the Enterprise crashes into something, you know, the Enterprise D... That was frigging genius. Thank you. Did you steal that from a message board or something? No, I was – Clever for you. uh,
1: I saw that out in Ohio with uh, Tom Zoller and some other friends, and we all were very disappointed (laughs) in that movie. Uh, And I remember not that long after that, I think I sort of hashed that out of like – I think we all kind of were like, no, he should have died maybe like this. And I think at some point not that long after, I was the one that said – no, he should have died. And, and I was more hooked. I think all of us were like, he should have died on the Enterprise. Like, that was not something original to my oh, yeah. mind. But it, I was hung up on the, the literally the last shot of Kirk. Should have been a giant close up of his face, and he breaks into a smile, and then boom, that's that's how Kirk goes out. Not falling to his death because he's chubby.
2: Well, he should have said, like, you know, engage or warp speed or fire or something like that would have been his last line. Yeah. Something, something action oriented, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I could just see him piloting, you know, the battle bridge. You know, because uh, uh, that wouldn't – actually, the battle bridge of, the, of D looks a little more like the classic Star Trek, too. You know, the classic Star Trek ship as well. Mm-hmm. So that would have been kind of cool with him on the battle bridge and, you know, fire. Oh, this would have been great. Oh, so good. All right. All right, folks. Time for the big, long list of names. So here's the deal, folks. Um, I, I say this quite often, and I'm, it's not an apology. It's an explanation. We are going to read a list of names. It's very, very long. There's a reason for it. Because these people are also match heads and aquanauts and nuclear subs, and they're fantastic, and their support of the show means so much to us. And I'll give you an example. The only time this entire podcast, Caleb Naur, is going to get mentioned is right now. But you know what? He promotes us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. This guy's great. And because he doesn't write comments, he doesn't really get mentioned. So I, we need to recognize everybody because this may be, you may be listening to the show, and this is the only time your name is going to get said, and we appreciate you just as much as... Well, we probably appreciate you more than we appreciate Diablo Frank, but um, you know everyone's a vital part of this Fire and Water podcast community. So, while it is a big list of names and it may not be entertaining for you, it's important, and these people matter. So, uh, with that, Rob, you want to um, you want to
1: take us away with with Facebook? I don't, but I will. Uh, we got names on Facebook. Uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, Abel Badilla, Adam Ackerman, Adriano Mello, Al Sedano, Alan King, Alan Middleton, Albert Miranda, Alberto Toby, Alexander Adrock, Advaro Aggression, Amar Al Zawain, Andrew Slinkard, Andrew Bok-Bacht, uh Andy Graves, Andy Kapelish, Anthony Kundrath, Ari Ismed Jr., Arthur Cazada, Attack Comics, Avery Barnes, Ben Herman, Bill Bibin and Bailey, Bill Cowell Irwin, Bill... Sekman, Bill Tucker, Brad O'Leary, Bradley Austin Null, Kane Doerr, Carlos Guimares. sorry. Catherine Rodriguez, Chad Argerbright, Chris Cady, Chris Hayes, Christian Pedinato, Christopher J. Warden, Christopher Luke, Christopher Bedraza, Christopher Whedon, Clark Polanco, Corey Hodgdon, Cosmic Cat Comics, Craig Allen Howard, Craig Amos Maximus, Dale Peeling, Dale Cynical Adams, Daria Brooks, Derek Throwback Dixon, David A. Pascarella, David A. Gutierrez, David Anstis, David Foster, David James, David McKinney, David Sabco, DC Comics, The Justice League, DC in the 80s, Dennis Raymond, Denzel Torres, Derek Echolate, Derek William Crabb, Devin Johnson, Diago Oliveira, Dun Dunlop, Dustin Brown, Erline Brown, Eric Miedor, Ergo Barnes, Eric Wagner, Gutam Shioran, Gene Hendricks, Giancarlo Nurko, Giovanni Menendez, uh, Guppy Pez Cruz, Hector Negrete, Isaiah Stevens, It's Plastic Man, J. David Weeder, Jack Dower, Jamin McNeil, Jared West, Jared Wilkinson, Jason Pope, Jason Wortham, Jeffrey Brown, Jeremy Gunther, Jeremy Riddle, Joe Crawford, uh, Joel Riviera, John Godwin, John McJones, John Nelson, John Walker, John Wilson, John Dormis, Johnny Stample, Jonathan Schilling, Joshua Mayberry, Josinide Satana Da Silva, Juliana Monterrazzo, June Persifield, Keith Dwayne Ellis, Keith G. Banker, Keith Mason, Kenneth Spither, Kevin Culp, Kevin Dunbar, Kevin Hanson. Uh, I lost my place. Uh, <laughs> <Kobe> <laughs> think, Dens. think of it think, think like you're doing one of those 1970s. You're like, the Dallas Cowboys right, cheerleaders. Exactly. <inaudible> yeah, exactly. Co- <laughs> Kobe Dens, Court Industries, Kyle Benning, Kyle Henry, Lawrence Schneider, Lauren, John Skinkis. Lucas Garrett, Lucian Dizar, Luke Dobb, M. Anthony Gerardo, Manja Denjal, Mario Estrada, Mark Olinizak, Martinez Gunarso, Mason Jones, Matt Ev, Matt Rodriguez, Matt Welsh, Maur- Mauricio Soto, Max Romero, Michael A. Bernstein, Michael Compiancharo, sorry, Michael D. Bertarlo, Michael J. Spinks, Michael Hanaran, Michael T. Robinson, Michael Wagner, Michelle Fief, Michelle Siskoid Albert, Miggy Yuntelon, Mike Feddick, Mike Gillis, Mike Sarak, Mike Schmidt, oh the Phillies uh, third baseman. That's great. Negative Steve Mendel, <laughs> Oscar Olade, Ozzy Ray, Paul Pat Burchett, Paul Evan Griffin, Peter A. Guas- Guasario, Philip Hodish, P. J. Bur Burchert. Quincy Young, Radio vs. the Martians, Randy Caldwell, Randy Meyer, Randy Schelling, Ray Buffer, Raymond Dillard, Frazier, the Geeky Podcast Network, Ricardo Aquino Barrientos, Robert Gross, Rodney Ford, Roger Hofer, Roger Prieb, Ronnie Ling, Rory Treetop, Frazier, Roy Galloway, Little Russell Burbage from Daxam, and Mrs. Russell Burbage, Ruth Sutherland, Ryan Daly, Ryan Wing, Sam Cameron, Sam Lowe, Sammy J. Maynard II, Scott Cosby, He's in there twice, Shag. Nice job. Sean Brock, Sean Engel, <laughs> Sean Lee Wood, Solo, Eduardo Baez, Speed Force, Spencer Swanson, Stacey Price, Steve Atwell, Steve Kilgore, Stig Eric Erickson, The Cosmic King, The Flash Podcast, The Hammer Strikes, Thomas J. Wagner, the Tim Tim Wallace. I was about to say the Tim Wallace, Tom Von Kapper, Tony Leisure. Great porn name. Uriel, Ely, Wagner, Oliera, Van Z, Wendell Vaughn, Hupp, William Olivares, William Boyd, William Estep, William Jackson, and Zeb Oswald. You made it. You kept your voice the whole way through. Thank you. That was over
2: 200 names, folks. That is amazing. You got, And those are just the ones I found, by the way. I mean, there's probably more likes and f- shares and stuff I didn't find. But, the, wow, what a great group of people. So, all right, folks. Uh, I'm going to take up the Twitter group here. Here we go. Another 200 names. So, uh, hold tight. 108. What's that? I just breathed out loud. <laughs> <laughs> 108th Sage Ahmed Bionde Adam Strombelli Alan Middleton Alyssa Bree Andy who goes by Hugh DeMann Andy Breckbot A- Angie Scraps98 Our Buddy Ange Anthony Dean Anthony Durso Anthony Proven- Provenitz Arkham Joker Army of Skanks I still love that Arthur Curry <laughs> Barry Allen Bo Johnson Between the Pages Bill Bailey Bill Beer Bill Maloney or Mahoney Brett Booth Brett Booth Brett, Bo- Brett, Bo- Brett Booth yeah really Brett Booth, the artist, uh, Buck Rallette, Buck Rallette. See Danny Danny, See <laughs> David Danny, Cash Flag, Cass, Cavana Rose, C. Drizzle, Charles Winters, Sisquito, Claudia Novelli, C. M. Sanchez, Cody Allen, Cody Carroll, Comic Book Daily, Comic Trolls and Memes, Connor Rhodes, Corey Hodgdon, Corporate Profit, Count Comics, Count Druncula, Craig Lives Here, Hey Angeli, Darren and Ruth Sutherland, Date night. Aren't you – it's really nice I put these in alphabetical order because, you know, people know when to start listening now. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a D. I better pay attention. Uh, <laughs> date night. Uh, did I say Darren and Ruth Sutherland? You I hope did. I did. Okay. David Golding artist. David Gutierrez, David Morgan, DC Movie Page, Diablo Frank, Django. Dr. Ace Cochran, Dom Ghostbuster, Don Haney, Doubting Tom, Dustin Stauford. Dylan Nose, Eduardo Escobar, Edward Woodward, Eli – Eel Perrin has a name. His name is Eli. I never knew that. Eric and the Legion. Eric Malupola. Uh, I, I butchered that. Esma Belk. Fan, Fantasy 1320. Fizzall Campbell. Flash Podcast. Floto Span. Freddie Marquez. Gar- Gareth Oliver. Get Scared. Glenn Walker. Greg Arujo. Griffin Family. Guado Man. Hector Negrete. Hey, it's Alex C. Hope Mullinix, In Enough Bands. Who apparently is now in bands. He changed his name inter mark yeah man I-, I ain't got nothing on that it's real it's plastic man J. Bam- bamberhill jacob caesar gatone jacob weber james garreton jamie br jason de jason pickering jeremiah parker jeremy morrison gehedron luxpar jim finity jim edwards jr jimmy McGlinchy. Cheo Pedro, Joe Slab, John D. John Richards, Jen never gets old, does it? Johnny Cross, Johnny DC, Johnny Gulo. Um, apparently, Jay Slab's in here again. Way to go, Shag. Justin Guyf- uh, Guy forpedia, Chaos the Kid, Kara Zorel, Catherine Cunningham, Keechie Baker, Keechie Lockhart, Kid Flash, Kirks Williams Sr., Klain, Con L, Cord Industries, Kyle Petit, La Cueva del, del Nerd, Ladies Love Comics. La Peoples, Larry W. Looper, Jr., Laura, Lauren Galloway, Lincoln Debenham, Linda, who's a backup ACC, Lawrence Kinskissart, Loretta Scroop, Lucinda Sarr, Luke Dobb, Manja Dangel, Mark David Gaudry, Maria Jones, uh, Jose Briones, Maria Cara, Mark Irwin, Martin Gray, Matthew Exposita, Maddie Hayes, Oh, I'm sorry, that's not even the name. Maddie Williams. I'm getting punchy. Michael Bailey. Michael Petty. Michelle. Mickey Von Regingold. Mickey Flash. Moldwitch. Oh, Mayorla. I m- m- Mayor... Mayoral. Oh, My Stellina Heart. Oscar Olalede. Parami Lee. Paul Bowler. Pito Astia. Polar Vortex Soldier. Pretty Bird. Psycho Scarlet Sandy. Quincy Russell. Rachel. Radio versus the Martians. ra Reza. Randall Hall, Randy Caldwell, Randy, Michael, sorry, Randy Micah Smith, Record Collector, Rolled Spine Podcast, Roy Cleary, Russell Burbage, Ryan, who goes by Duback66, like that, Ryuk, Stizel, Sam Lowe, Sean Piggott, Selena Kyle, for realsies? Wow. Uh, Sean Riaz, Ciscoid, Spartan Town Blog, Sphinx Magoo, Stephanie, who goes by S- uh, Soap Fan Fiction, SuperheroReviews.com, Sin, Tom Zoller, TJ's Keys to Comics, Tom Panarese, Tom at, I'm sorry, Tony at Vuratech, Tony D, Tony Franklin, Tony Holwinsky, Travis, uh, who goes by Fan of Superhero, Tristam Christensen, Ultimate Comics, Vernon Johnson, Victoria, who goes by Gle- Green Claude Witt, Vishnu Gan, WCPE, Willie Yarbrough, Zoom Yukanori, Young Krillin, Z R O, Zach Dorman, and Zine, who goes by 8-bit Batman. <laughs> Then we've got uh, Google+. Plus. I'll run through those if you'll take Tumblr. Sure. Our buddies at Google+, Plus, which is, by the way, I'd like to point out, not a ghost town, as my friend Rob has pointed out. There's over 50 names here, my friend. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. Alexander Osias, Ben Folsom, Bill Bailey, Blue Tyson, Brian Miller, Calvin Campbell, Carlos Almilio, Celeste Abreu, Comic Book and Movie Reviews, Dale Russell, Dan Reich, Dr. G-Man of Neurology, Evan Brenn, Guatem Shuren, Gene Hendricks. Well, okay, some of these people aren't here twice because Dr. G, nerd, man of nerdology, and Guatem Shuren are the same guy. Maybe it is a ghost town. Pat in the voting rolls. Gene Hendrix, Glenn Foster, Hammer Strikes. Oh, Gene Hendrix and Hammer Strikes are the same guy. Oh my gosh! Huh. I think Blue Tyson and Alexander Osias are the same person. Oh man, this is bad. <laughs> There's like four people on Google. Donald Duck, Clark Kent, Bruce Wayne, Doctor Don, <laughs> Dr. Right, Don right.
1: Blake, Peter Parker.
2: All right, Harold Henry. Dick Hurts. <laughs> Bend over. Anyway, uh, Harold Henry, Jamie and Acosta, <laughs> Jeffrey Brown. <laughs> you, you, you broke me. Jonah Elder, Julian Delgado, Carl Brussades, Kevin Culp, Leon Long, Luke Dobb, Mario Zuniga, Mark Ryan, Martin Gray, Martin Scorer, Max Romero, Michael Wagner, Nirat Anup, Paul Bowler, Pete2015, Quantum Pop, Rasheen Washington, Rob McClinney, Rory Williams, The Crimson Scarf, The Gentleman Scholar, Tim Fontaine, Tim Wallace, Troy, Carl's Vans, Highstand, and Vishnu Jagged Nath. Yeah, that's how that's
1: gonna roll. Yeah. And that Luke Dobb, that's totally a fake name. Tumblr, <laughs> uh, we got, got comments from support from Abin Syrup, which is a K S K Duke fifty two, so he's got two names, both are fake. Algid Fervor, All yeah, Brave and the Bold, Blue Scream, Dob Creative, again with the fake Dob Creative, Doc G Man of Nerdology, Dutifully Magnificent Nerd, FKA Jason, Highball 2814, Buck Rowlette, Hondo, <laughs> Hondo Brode, uh, or Brode, Hydro Mancer, I Stand for Toady, Icon UK01, James Michael Ray, K 3 KGB Unk, Life's Left Turn, uh, Livenscaped, or, yeah, Livenscaped. Mentioned Wolf34, Mr. Perturbed, Paul Loves Comics, Ronnie Raymond and Professor Stein, CSC C- 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 Cruz, SMYB Fans, sonor- Sonorousness, I'm Star SR, so S- R- Stephen R. <laughs> R. Gurney, Tiger Fangs, Tiger Suji Tunes, Wiggy Mythwinter, and Zagas.
0: Woo!
2: Man, you guys totally rock. Uh, for the Instagram folks, I've already mentioned you guys as we go through. The rule with Instagram folks is I, you got to say something on Instagram to get mentioned because on Instagram we get tons of likes because Instagram people see a cool picture and hit like. They don't necessarily follow the show. So you got to say something, and, and then we'll mention you on the show as we've done with a lot of our Instagram folks today. But, man, what an amazing group of people. The Fire, again, the Fire and Water podcast community, single best podcasting community ever. You guys, are the bomb and you guys are such an integral part of the show we couldn't do it without you so thanks so much all right uh in the meantime rob why don't you tell them uh, obviously they know where to find us on social media without a <laughs> doubt uh tell them how to reach us via our email address please
1: firewaterpodcast at comcast.net yep we also have a
2: tumblr where we'll put where we post stuff from various episodes i don't know if we'll have anything from this episode or not just given the nature of it maybe i don't know maybe i'll put a picture of slipknot up there for fun but uh what's that tumblr address rob
1: Fire, water, pod, fire and water com.
2: <laughs> one job Rob one job That's dude all you
1: it's one in the morning
2: <laughs> <laughs> alright folks you can find my uh, nemesis Rob over at aquamanshrine.net <laughs> you can also find him on Facebook and Twitter and if you really want to have some fun go over to Google Plus and ask him a question see if he'll answer it then uh, you can find me
1: <laughs> at go in a cave and yell it too <laughs> if you if you if a tree falls in the forest
2: nobody's there if someone if,
1: leaves a comment on google plus is there anyone there to read it
2: right um apparently 50 people will or at least them and their <laughs> multiple identities uh, anyway you can find me at firestormfan.com you can also find me on facebook twitter google plus instagram and tumblr all under the same sign uh and folks that is going to wrap it up for this episode please come back next week Give us an iTunes review. Send us an email. Put a comment out there. Just say hey, because you guys are the bomb. Send so, five bucks. I guess you could do that, too. Sure. <laughs> Just make sure it's earmarked for shag, not Rob. Anyway, until next time, folks, fan the flame and ride the wave.
1: Buck Rowlett. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Truth and justice
0: in sea, on land, and air. Firestorm and Aquaman, they make a super pair. Aquaman and Firestorm, super friends forever. Yeah! Chewy, we're home.